Get up on a Tuesday morning. Marty's news is sure real boring. Gotta get up, get up out of my way. It's a newer. Feels like just another day. And then there's John Sylvain. He's so smart, you're Bane. But his keys are absurd. Get to hear from the 30 year old 20 something as she makes fun of my age. It's just a nooner. <laughs> Why do I even try? God, I was so depressed when I wrote that. It's think, so good. It seems like hours and hours ago was this morning. Wow. I'm super duper depressed. So I'm the wrong host for this show. But hey, scheduling. So uh, no mail tonight. Uh, Wait, don't we know. We have in. an email. Don't, no mail tonight. Uh, my name's Steve, and I'm the host or guest host. And it's uh, Marty John Sylvain. Cassandra Cardenas will soon be joined by Kyle Bornheimer, actor, writer, director. Anyway, don't don't tweet in. Don't tweet in at uh, Nooner Podcast. Tweet in uh, Nooner Podcast at do, gmail.com. Don't uh, email sphere. and uh, definitely don't don't call one eight hundred Marty US. The extra S is for shuffling. That uh, we're not we're not call uh, we're not taking any calls. Uh, the show is going to be about fifteen minutes long. I'm just super depressed. awesome, and we will see you next Tuesday. Yay! My apologies to the 1975. I kind of stole their chord progression for that song, but uh, it just it fit my mood. I just woke up just super bummed out, just not Aww. not feeling it. Wow! Can we cheer you up? <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> eh, it's all right. Oh, you got over it. Yeah. Cool. Uh, now I got Marty. Uh, I got Marty. To pick up. That um, always makes me feel better. Right before I went on air, a woman came to my door, this old woman, older woman, grayish hair everywhere. And she knocked on the door. Everywhere? And I stayed. Well, not everywhere. No, she flashed her gray bush at me. And I went, I will be with you in one moment, ma'am. Hell yeah. Just, just want to make sure. Uh, show me those gray cheeks again. So uh, she said, will you sign a petition? And I was like, instinctually, I like to sign petitions because I know people who ask you are usually getting paid. Like right before we went into lockdown, when I went to the doctors, when I think I did have coronavirus, remember when I was super duper sick? No, no, no one. No one yes, I remember. Okay. No, I don't remember. I don't oh, pay attention. Anyway. So I went to the doctors and when I left, there was a guy standing outside asking me to sign something for like to make some horrible thing that would help Uber out. But I was like, this guy's making like six bucks an hour. You know? oh, but see, that's the sort of thing that gets shitty legislation on these. Stupid I know, I know. But like, it's a dude and he's looks broke. So I signed it. So like when this woman came to my door, she was like, do you want to sign a petition? I was excited because I've been locked in my home for three months. Uh, and then I said, uh, uh what's it for she said uh it's to recall the governor exactly recall the governor gavin yeah. newsom yeah i was like 
handsome new daddy Gavin Newsom. Yeah, the guy that I have a massive, massive crush on. Oh my god! What the fuck did he do? Like what? What is this old little raisin punting around my neighborhood at seven thirty, knocking on people's doors? Like what? Anyway, I thought that was amazing. What was? And she didn't have a. I'm sorry. What was the reason for recalling him? I, I. That's is all I needed to hear. Like, oh. I don't well, know. She looked like a churchy or something. I, you know, God told her, "Fucking who cares?" She, probably because of the lockdown. Probably because she watches Fox News, and it turns out that um, this whole thing is a hoax, and he's the perpetrator of it. This whole I COVID nineteen thing is a hoax. You know, I can think of several people, uh, and I could count on both hands that should be recalled before Gavin Newsom. Count. Name him. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Donald Donald J. Trump. Mm. Recalled. Recall. 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 Uh, recalled. I'd get rid of uh what's his name? Kavanaugh? The recall. Oh, recalled. Fuck that Brett guy. Kavanaugh. Yeah. Um Yale. Yale. Yeah, another Yale. another Yale failure. A Yale. Yale. That's not surprising. Ouch. <laughs> uh who else would Yale I recall? Freaks. Uh any of those states where they like to let people run around like like a Florida or Texas. Recall. Just re- re- recall. Recall. Let's go. Come on. Get out. Let's get go. Get the fuck out. Um, Elizabeth Warren, I think, should be recalled so she could no! come, come hang out with me, and I could give her like really strong back rubs. I bet, I bet she wears like a nice sweater even on a hot day, like a little throw over. Probably like a her. like those like fleece vests that you're oh. like, Is that Laura. Yeah, she's, she's got so many Patagonia fleece vests in mm. that house of hers in Cambridge. Mm. You know, when you talk about her, it makes her much more erotic to me. Then what? When I don't talk then about when her? You, when, I, I don't, when I think of uh, uh, Elizabeth Warren, I, I don't get turned on until you start talking about it. And then I get a chubby. Wow. Fuck. I have to walk <laughs> away for a second, but I really want to play a game with this. Okay. So, okay. Like, we'll, we'll put I'm a pin so in sorry. it. I'm so sorry. I'll be right back. All Please right, all right. talk about, you know, like penises or whatever. I don't know. Oh, no, we'll talk- I want to be part of that conversation too. No, no, um, we're, uh, we'll, we'll be back. <laughs> no, no, we'll, we'll, save it. we'll save it. We'll save it. We'll don't save worry. It. Don't worry. I'll be back. So, all right. Okay. All right. There's no woman here. Let's talk about what men like to talk about. How you doing? Oh, my God. I love the fact that she makes 78 cents on the dollar and we make 100. <laughs> Of of no money we make off of this. Mm. Well, but it's like to what Marty was saying. Do do you like signing petitions? Do you feel like you're doing anything? Do you care? Well, I other I than or Marty. So just so everybody knows, uh, California has a a way of putting crazy uh, taking legislation out of the legislature and putting it into the hands of the people. So they initiatives. initiatives. Yes, you have these initiatives that if you get enough signatures then these initiatives get on the ballot and then people vote on them and then people can then vote to for instance uh illegalize gay marriage is what uh or no i guess they would try yeah. to legalize it but there have been I, a bunch I don't, of really i don't know if, if uh if i think that a military coup is worse or better than the initiative process in yeah. california wow so basically That's... anyone who has enough people hanging outside of grocery stores getting people to sign shit that they don't understand can put legislation on the ballot and some really stupid. And then once you get it, you can time. name it whatever you want. Like there was a recent thing, like well, it was like five years ago. It was called the Civil Rights Initiative, and it got rid of affirmative action. So it was, it was basically, and most people who voted for it didn't know what they were voting for because it was very confusing. Yep. Before uh, Cassandra dips back in, uh, just 
so you know Kyle Bornheimer, uh, actor, writer, director, whatever else he does. He's moments away. He's in the car. He's mm. heading towards the, this, the Diamond Bar Studios. Oh. And also, uh, later this episode, we're going to premiere uh, a podcast that Marty and I made called Subterra. It's only five minutes. You can listen to it. It's out now on iTunes, and we'll talk about it. So continue to listen to this boring part until you get to the better part later. <sighs> Amazing. <laughs> But, uh, uh, so in California, but like outside of California, like, do you like petitions or do you give a fuck? Like, do you, do you like the idea of leaving Trader Joe's and there's some dude who's like, do you want to help the homeless? Like, of course I want to help the homeless. Well, then sign but, this Civil Rights Liberation Act. Uh, I know. Like, do you have, like, I feel like such a, did I, did I tell it on the podcast once? Like, I, uh, I had a real quick line to get rid of those people. I was like, I'm Canadian. And they're like, okay, goodbye. Like, you're not, you can't vote. Mm. Which is, there's a lot of Canadians in America. I'm so. sorry, I'm Canadian. Brilliant. What? I'm sorry. That's I'm a pretty Canadian. good one. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, do you know where the origin of the word petition uh, or the the idea of petition comes from? Welcome to Etymology Podcast, where well, we like guacamole. take all your weird words that you never use in daily speech and get to the roots of them so go ahead uh, ancient egypt the uh the slaves who were building the pyramids formed the first petition i knew it i knew it was a bunch of uh my people complaining about their lack of working conditions All that's right. the first known petition on that note we will see you next tuesday oh fuck nice. off uh, crazy people out front we're doing welcome. we're doing wild here uh, welcome to the podcast, Kyle Bornheimer. Identify yourself. Hi, everybody. Uh, you, you just identified me, because um, how I prefer it. I, I've been listening to the whole thing. I've, I've been able. I've been able to listen to. to we're, we're, we're recalling some people. I think we're just. We're, I think it was a renaming of Gavin Newsom with that she wanted you to sign. It wasn't <laughs> oh. a recall. She just wanted to rename. Him. Oh, that's not. that's a good. That's good. Gavin yeah. Newsom is a terrible name. Yeah. I agree with that. Really? I think he should be I called Tom that. Skerritt. That's a yeah. good name. I <laughs> like him. Name. He does a reverse mortgage ad. I see every day when I'm watching Lou Dobbs. Well, I would sign Tom that. Skerritt. I would sign that petition. That Egyptian petition. The Egyptian is that why it's called because it rhymes with Egyptian? Yeah, that's exactly mm. why. Mm. Uh, Kyle, what are you drinking? What's that? What What's you drinking? Oh, what am I drinking? Um, I made myself a a, a rum old fashioned. Oh, um, I'm trying to get creative here. I, uh, I 80, 80, 800 days into the quarantine. Yeah. yeah. Has there been a Has anybody had a drink uh, of choice for for the? Uh, uh whatever we're in quarantine yeah i think as long as there's um, alcohol in it i've been a fan i, I have a <laughs> yeah i have a basically scope and sprite that's <laughs> makes me want to throw up i just have little tiny shots of lsd every every monday just mm. uh, are you no, still on it? are you still tripping right now on tuesday at, at i am tripping balls <laughs> i am fucking tripping balls such a patriarchal <laughs> statement like why can't you trip eggs or whatever whoa. Yeah, yeah whoa right my woke warrior princess right whoa. right i'm so eating goes, sushi i'm sorry she's eating sushi of course <laughs> uh i'm supporting local businesses uh -huh. of course and busting millennial stereotypes <laughs> oh i'm sorry fuck me for eating sushi yeah fuck you for eating sushi are you gonna have a? Wait, is it 
Because millennials are against thing. sushi? Like, yeah, what's what is it, Marty? Yeah, Marty. We where, can't even afford sushi. Where is it from? I don't know, some spot in North <laughs> Hollywood. <laughs> I, 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 I like sushi. Only so I know much. about it. I eat 7 Eleven sushi. That's what? Um, not safe. John. <laughs> it's not it's not like it's raw fish. It's tuna fish, and it's not that's not, not even real fish. So like, why wait a minute. So, uh, John. Uh, also Kyle meets, meets John and, No, I like it. There's too many people yeah, in this podcast. Cassandra, John, Kyle. Uh welcome all Hollywood Squares. We're all here. Uh, Cassandra and John. This is Kyle Bornheimer. He's a friend Hi, of mine, friend of mine. I'm Cassandra. Uh, yeah, we've met. Oh, okay. Hi, John. Uh, yeah. I, I, uh, John Sylvain has come to this podcast before all of this nonsense happened, and he would be holding a 7 Eleven coffee, which I didn't know. I didn't know there was a barista inside. Mm. Like, our, and I drive by a 7 Elevens every day, and I look at them and I go, Who goes there? Like, what is a 7 Eleven? What is it, John? Why do you go to a 7 Eleven? You, you know, Steve, you're the snobbiest person I've ever met. Really? <laughs> Oh come on! You went to fucking uh, Yale. I'm not that much. So he would know. Oh, yeah. He would know no, from you, snobs. No, I know snobs. I really? know some real. I know some serious snobs. I think what everybody Steve else would go to Seven yeah. Eleven. Yeah, Steve, aren't you really saying why is Seven Eleven? I think I think you're. I think that's the the correct way to ask is is and the situation we're in right now in this world, uh, especially with COVID and. Um, how we've completely failed at it and uh, apparently uh, it's solved and we can just all go out now and, and 120,000 people is i guess the the number we're hitting like we're as soon as we hit that as soon as we killed 120,000 people we're that's the game right we're allowed to go out and kill another 120,000 thank you jerry lewis um, sings a big song. We, had to, we had to wait until almost uh you know till, till we had like 157 200,000 people or a million people had it and then we relax the sure you know, that's that's when you really get it gets exciting. No, it's 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 really like idiocracy come to life and all that. But what one thing I thought I might have for a lot of things foretold it. But a few years ago, either 7-Eleven or one of the stores like that had that map created that mascot that was literally junk food all mashed together. You've seen you've seen the commercials. It's it's for like it's like it's a it's one of the AMPM. That's AMPM. AM, yeah, it's horrifying same time that like carl's jr released a like a, a tr an eight deck burger um and it, it, I basically it was like the world was telling us no we're, we're gonna lean into the stupidity now we're going to we're not we're you're not we're not gonna let you not only we're not gonna let you shame us we're going to actually just just quicken our our collective uh death oh yeah tyson i hope so you put that on, freedom baby i hope you put that yeah. this mascot <laughs> on uh the the tumblr page that's noonerpodcast.com the the Mascot was named Tumgis. <laughs> Trillius won't bite. Jesus Although his cheeseburger nose looks delicious, try not to stare. Uh, yeah. yeah, and he wears a little skirt of potato chips and tortilla chips. He loves hugs. Cute. Give Tumgis a hug. Uh, just, no. yeah, look it up. Wow. I, I wow. think uh, Kyle is correct in my, uh, reframing my question. I I don't understand why a 7-Eleven is. What are you yeah. talking I don't, like, about? It's, I understand if you're on the road and yeah, you travel to another state and you pull over. It's and you... cheap and convenient calories. 
yeah, and it's like but cigarettes there, and stuff. Uh, that's, yeah. that's, I'm not a smoker. So that's, I'm not either. I'm just right. saying. It's like, boner you know. pills, like over-the-counter boner pills at two in the morning when the you know really? the bars close. Sure. Oh, what, yeah, what yeah. Brand? What brands? Uh, fake, fakey, fakey, fake oh, boner yeah. pill brand. The but convenience you know, store. The the Seven Elevens in Tokyo are awesome though. They like I went there for my honeymoon and it was like one of the just we went we loved going to the Seven Elevens there because they had like actual like good not sushi but you know mm-hmm. like like ricey type things cold ricey type things and like they were all really well made and tasty and uh, they had uh, toilets that had the like Toto thing that wash your butt like it was great. It's the best thing ever. I believe it. I feel like franchising across, like internationally, is a really fascinating way to look at America because we do things in such a bizarre way here. I, I guess everyone looking from the outside at, at any other place. But when I hear that, oh, like uh, uh, Taco Bells in France are amazing, it doesn't surprise me. Like I feel like the, the franchising mentality is different yeah. country to country, and and um, it doesn't surprise me that the Tokyo Seven Eleven is kind of amazing. We I think were, they have. Go ahead, John. Oh, we were, we were traveling. Uh, we're driving outside of Paris, and you know, in LA, there's a Seven Eleven on just about every other block, right? And and we live for convenience here in the United States. So we went for a drive, and we were in France, and we we're driving along. And we thought, oh, I need some. We need some water. Oh, we'll find a place along the highway. No, no, there was not. And we would go to a gas store, gas station, and say, "Do you have any water?" And they looked at us like, "No." This is a gas station. Why would we have water or anything to eat? This is a gas station. So it's kind of the opposite of. Uh, but the roads mm-hmm. are so nice there. And yeah, it's beautiful because there was there was no stores, no stores, no billboards. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. and nothing, the roads are well kept. You would need. Yeah. My question to you, John, is: You come to the podcast. You teach a class over in P- Pomona Technical yeah. Institute or whatever, sure. and you you shoot over to uh, where we do the podcast. And you have, so you need coffee and you stop mm-hmm. at a Seven Eleven, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any other business there? Hot dog have... with nacho cheese on top? <laughs> other than boner pills? Uh, well, you're actually talking about when we used to do it in the morning, actually. That's when I, I wouldn't get coffee at night because if I have coffee in the, okay. in the afternoon, I can't sleep at all. I'm so sorry. I, I don't probably... want to get personal. Well, I probably had something horrifying for breakfast from Seven Eleven at the well, same time. I mean... like. Like coffee. some kind of uh, empanada uh, slash um, sushi that's thing. filled with pepperoni. With yeah, yeah, yeah. So, do you find that you have like a significantly less diarrhea now? <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 John, how's your uh, diarrhea going? Yeah, yeah. Tell us about your diarrhea, the quality of it. I mean, I don't mean to bring it up, but we're all. Can you post it. it on the Tumblr page? I just, I'd love to see what. What are we looking at? Like, like well, chunky, chunky no, soup, or no, like refried really beans? Where very are we? solid now because we're. I'm, I'm eating. You know, healthy. I, I don't go to Seven Eleven ever. Uh, great, but like coffee is such dangerous. a a big like draw for these places. Like you know, people swear by Dunkin' Donuts coffee, and. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, but Steve, you don't drink. You only drink your like, you know, your foofy like hand pressed whatever Americanos. You have the. You, does your, do you eat the stuff that comes out of the the cat's butt, the civet coffee? Mm-hmm. You do, don't you? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that is. Yeah, they have. These, oh my god, really? There, there, a couple different types of coffee. There's one that civets like they eat the coffee fruit, 
and then they poop out the beans, and the beans have wait, been, wait, 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 wait. Slow down, slow down. This really happens. The beans <laughs> have been pitted by like the wait, stomach. Wait, what's a civet? A civet is it's like a, cat. a, a yes. Small, it's, it's a like small a, wild cat. Whose idea was this? This to is start? like Southeast Asia or something. Like, a, wait, a dog. You guys are gonna think I'm crazy. <laughs> and then but this cat shit still smells like coffee. And then they, <laughs> I would like to drink it. So these poor schmucks have happened. to. They, these poor schmucks have to sift through cat poop. And then you know they're it's pitted by their stomach oh. acid. Then they roast it, and then they sell it for you know whatever hundred a lot of fucking of money. Bucks I thought pound. it was a monkey that did it. I didn't know it was a. No, cat. I think they, no, there are goats a, that do it too. But but I someone's know like, there's not coffee. enough animal cruelty in coffee making. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just just uh, Google civet coffee. Cats. Wait, but well, how I'm much, assuming how we could all do it, guys. I mean, the, yeah. this doesn't have to. Oh. I mean, we everyone has a digestive system that a pit can travel through yeah. and plop and and you sell i mean this is a great i guess i want some kyle um, coffee this is a new <laughs> like kyle job for the for the gig economy the the back mm-hmm. two people <laughs> in the uh the human centipede are getting just <laughs> hand <laughs> butt roasted <laughs> coffee is that yeah. what goes there, you're getting a real well filtered uh yeah that's great. it's dude. subtle it's the coffee flavor is more more subdued but oh so delicate i'm picking up notes of almond baking chocolate <laughs> Asshole, mm, <laughs> delicious and confinement. But, <laughs> yes, I'm, and, I'm smelling a pivot. New yeah. coffee instead Let's of a stupid podcast. Yeah, we've been doing this podcast ten years for ten years, and we haven't made any money. Yeah, I think we start shitting shitting coffee and selling it. Did you know that in one month it'll be five years that I've been doing this podcast, Marty? And you haven't aged a bit. Yeah, <sighs> yeah, I haven't aged. I haven't gotten any better. You've almost I've qualified for pension. For me. <laughs> Ten more years, five more years, and you welcome get to, welcome to show business. <clears throat> yeah, get on the treadmill. Actually, Cassandra, I, I I was uh, a f- uh, during all the the Corona shit. You know, you connect with old friends on Zoom. Uh, you'll be old one day, and you'll have to connect with people. Fuck I know you. you. <laughs> gonna happen, Chachi. Uh, and I connected with an old musician friend of mine who lives in Seattle, and he listened to our D and D podcast, and he was uh-huh. like, "Oh, you're as always really funny." But I got to tell you, I As really like brisket, and it made me so mad for a while. Yay! Brisket, for those of you who don't know, was the character she played on the D and D podcast. And then I took a step back. I said, "It's not all about you, Krugs." And you know what? Our little, our little girl's all grown up now. She's like starting <laughs> to make actual people laugh. Like, and I thought, you know what? Thanks. Just li- listen to her. This is very unlike me. Of wow! Me. And Such you know growth. what? No, not really. Um, oh, I'm just okay. killing killing time till I get to Kyle's question. But oh, okay. uh, I I I thought, yeah, she's kind of landing some zingers now and then. And, and yeah. you just came to this now? How, <laughs> I don't, how I don't, generous of you, Steve? I don't really so listen generous. to you that much. I kind of zone out when you talk about your whatever My it is, period. your period, Constantly. or I don't yeah. know. But you do it in a way that other women comics don't do. Steve is a dick. Did you not know that? Oh. Yeah, well, yeah, he was nice. No, no, not really. No, God, but like, look, you guys listen could, to each other ever? Not really. No, no we're like no, siblings. No. I just tune her out. I'm, it's I'm, constant competition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, John, take a look at Cassandra. Look, look, look mm. what she's representing. No, no, Can really you imagine her pulling over and saying, "I'm going to go to Seven Eleven for some coffee." What? Sure. No. Have you ever had Seven Eleven coffee, Cassandra? I don't drink coffee. So, <laughs> but if what I did, you, what do you drink? Tea. Ugh. Hot Have tea. you ever had Seven Eleven tea? No. <laughs> there we no. go. 
there's that millennial dismissiveness no. I was looking for. Have you ever had 7-Eleven beer? They have beer? Oh, Jesus. People. Uh, yeah, actually. They have their own brand of beer? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> they make a great IPA. The 7-Eleven. Yeah. Uh... Fantastic. No, the wine. 7-Eleven wine. Is fin- it's great. <laughs> it's really good. It's so good I quit drinking. Oh. <laughs> I'm sure I've purchased beer at a 7-Eleven. That's what I was asking. Okay, yes. Yes, uh, I have. Thank yeah. you. But I'm like in like the Midwest or something. Sure. sure. I've got nowhere else to go. Sure. sure. All right. So so Kyle Bornheimer, welcome to the show. Thanks for dropping by. Uh, Thanks. On Avenue 5 on HBO, hilarious show. You're very good in it. And I don't, as, as you just witnessed, I don't hand out compliments very often. It takes sometimes <laughs> I do one every five, five years, apparently. Five years. You're very good. <laughs> And, and the Oscar-nominated uh, Marriage Story. Yeah, it was a, yeah. We we were playing pub trivia, and it was like a movie that he was in. That's that's weird. We we got meta points. Yeah, like, uh, in Marriage Story. Who are you in Marriage Story? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you he was story? he was married to Scarlett Johansson. Don't you remember? I, I was I was at, I was playing Adam Driver. Oh, it takes good. several puppeteers oh, to yes. actually work him. He's like Job of the Hut. There's like five people in there. <laughs> Adam and I are, are from the same very small town in Indiana, actually. Really? We're from Mishawaka, Indiana. He he's about ten or twelve years younger than I am, and uh, and much handsomer. I did not. I did and, not, and yeah. much handsomer yeah. than I am. But he um, and I did not know him um, way back in Mishawaka, Indiana. But uh, did he I go to the, the same only, school? There's a few people from South Bend, which is near there. What's that? Did he go to the same school as you? No, we went to two different schools. He went uh, to Mishawaka High School. I went to Mishawaka Marion, which was the Catholic school oh, right next to it. Fancy, yeah. fancy. Yeah, the uh, yeah, but in the seventies and eighties, you know, a Catholic education was pretty inexpensive. Yeah, yeah. Um, Back when the Catholic Church had money. Yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah, I don't know what it's like. I mean, it's still today, I think even private school and you know, like a Catholic school versus private school, um, the expense. But uh, yeah, I, and. Um, yeah, so that's a little shout out for Mishawaka, Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, last Christmas, I uh, I went to go, or two Christmas ago, I went to go see some high school friends, uh, one of whom I want to talk about later because it, it uh, refers back to LSD, which John brought up. Uh, uh, so I went to go see my friend uh, Seth Mnookin, who I've mentioned on the podcast. He wrote the book, The Panic Virus. He teaches at MIT now. And then I went, uh, and also uh, a friend of mine, Satish, who's one of my best friends growing up. Uh, he is a PhD, and currently he's working on a uh, cure for the coronavirus. He's running one of the labs that are doing it. And Kyle said to me, he was just kind of like, Whoa, "Oh, you're gonna you're gonna see all those smarties." And he, and he said jokingly, "Am I the dumbest friend you have?" And I said, Prob- "Probably." Um, and just a couple days ago, I had a Zoom drink with that Satish guy, and I told him that story. Um, and he's like, who's this guy? And then he, you know, on the Zoom call, Googled him. He's like, oh, my God, I love that dude. I'm such a he, and he knew your character from uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He's like, that sounds like something that character like he was so excited. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, Teddy you're Wells. a fucking PhD and you're working on a cure. For yeah, the and reversed. he's like, I, I'd give it all up if I could just be that guy. He's so funny and he makes it look there so easy. And I was like. It's, it's it's it goes back to this the, the, what's the the guy the AFPM uh, monster Tagush uh, why Tagush happened is the same thing why a, a working you know a um, a journeyman actor like myself excites the scientists more than people being <laughs> excited by by the man literally helping to cure um, the world's greatest health crisis. 
So as much as I appreciate that, I'm I'm disturbed by it as well. <laughs> you what were Ted you... in Marriage Story, by the way. I, oh, that, was my name Ted? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good to know. I didn't know if I had a name. Also, I remember your, that. also <laughs> your name in Brooklyn Nine Nine. So oh yeah, it's that actually the same. Well, it was person. a good mix. I usually play Brads and Chads. Mm. I play a lot of Brads and yeah, play a lot of douchey Brads. And and Ted was a douche in uh, Marriage Story too. Um, yeah, but very funny. Uh, in, that, yes. Now, in, you were in Lovebirds as well, which is the the on Netflix right now with Kamel Nanjani and. Uh, but you're like Issa Rae. Issa Rae, and was like, I wanted more Kyle. I wanted more white people in this movie. So color. Did I. You know, <laughs> white men. Um, it's about time. No, no, that was a hilarious one because literally all my stuff is uh, while wearing a mask, and. Oh, that's um, right. It was like a little bit of a thing when <laughs> that was that was a good like classic. Oh, you you sit down to watch it all excited and you're and you're like, oh they cut that oh and they cut that part out oh, right this part, oh and they cut that part out and then your grandmother's um, like when do you come on yeah exactly that was a wonderful example of I thought there was going to be more of you um and um it's a you know the fun totally fun movie and experience and that's about about a year and a half ago in New Orleans. It's amazing all the stuff that I shot last year around this time and right before this that is not happening this year. And, you know, I think we're all playing that game, right? Like where I was this time last year versus being locked in our homes. Oh. I was doing Avenue 5 last year in London in with with 300 extras sometimes, 300 background artists in, in, a, in a closed space, which we'll, we won't see for a long time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that kind of thing. So, so, but uh, there's this. There will be a season two, right? That's the plan. Yeah, we were, we were just talking to the uh, the production designer, this guy Simon Bowles, who created that ship in that. And I don't know if you've seen it, but that's a, a pretty amazing um, set that they created. And he was having an event today that we were all participating in uh, for either the British Emmys or I, I forget what it was. But um, and he was talking about rebuilding it. The big, the big three story working elevator, huge atrium of the ship burned down about three months into production holy shit yeah yeah and they they still don't know what happened and so they rewrote the last three episodes around that um so we're running through a lot of hallways in the last three episodes of uh of season one but then they worked it into the what they think will be the beginning of season two and they're rebuilding the sets right now um but yeah it was uh that was that was probably around this time last year because right after the the fire and Par- the uh Notre Dame, Notre Dame pot fire, right. and uh, th- there was wildfires. There's a big last year we were burning. This year we're all choking. We were burning earlier this year, which is crazy. Yeah. Someone brought up the Australia fires, and I was like, "That was this year." That's right. Holy fuck! Ugh. Yuck! Almost, remember, almost makes yeah, you believe you remember, in God and the devil. Yeah, remember Kobe Bryant? Uh-huh. One of the biggest stories. Kobe, Kobe Bryant. Bryant. Oh yeah. Kobe oh, Bryant. Right. This is what happened to Kobe. Oh, Steve, oh, we don't, never mind, oh. off air. It's, it's better you don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you off air. So you were one of the last persons, uh, you were probably one of the last persons to work with Robert Forster on... I, it was, it, yes. Amazing yes. stories. Uh, like... He, yeah, I'll, um, in a second, I'll get the gift that he, he, he famously gives these amazing um, letter openers to everyone he works with. Um, 
And I think we were, that was the last project. He, I think he appeared in a few things and maybe he did a, something after that, but that was shot um, about a year ago, uh, about a year and a half ago. And none of us knew. And he was as, as sweet and wow. interesting. He told great stories about, you know, his big break was with Marlon Brando um, in the late sixties. <clears throat> and um, that was his first movie. And he had all these crazy stories about Marlon Brando and, uh, I mean, you most must have totally geeked out because he was also in like these great '70s movies, and you're such a '70s movies junkie. Oh yeah, like, and 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 he also legit. The Jackie Brown story is legit. Like he 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 told that story too, which was he was all but giving up. He he like oh, he right. hit big very early, and then through a variety of his own uh, uh, combination of his own decisions and circumstances kind of started having a little bit of a just a, a sort of flat career throughout the 70s and then went way down and by the early 90s was like going to give up like he was he was like he was going to become a carpenter he was like going to move out of LA he had like he went to this coffee shop in West Hollywood with a bunch of old timers every like Tuesday and one day Quentin Tarantino walked in and was about to leave and goes oh Robert Forster and like rattle off 12 Roger Corman movies that he had been in in the seventies, like Avalanche and Spider Hell and all this stuff. Right. And he said, "Hey, by the way, I'm working on a script, and uh, you'd be great for it." And six months later, he came in with the script, the same coffee shop, plopped it on his desk, or on on where he was sitting. And a year later, Forrester was at the Oscars. That's um, and his career was completely in, uh, reinvigorated. So I, I got that that movie wrong. I'm, I was thinking of Medium Cool. That was the Haskell Wexler film from '69. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that. Yeah. Wait, he, what did you he was in that. Yeah, he was a star oh. of that. Like that really put him on the map. Um, yeah, he he did that, and he did um, uh, Reflection of the of the Golden Eye, which was a John Huston movie with Brando and Liz Taylor, which is a really interesting movie um, that deals with crazy. I mean, it's a it's a typical late late '60s kind of experimental movie that Forrester was. It didn't do very well, but was big for Forrester. I, but yeah, and he was like, he loved his, his, like, he was really appreciative of what happened in the 90s and he was really sweet about it. And you know how I know he's a good actor is because I used to do improv with his daughter and he would come to our shows and he was a generous audience member and we were terrible. So, uh, right. <laughs> so that's I've, been <laughs> I've been to your improv shows and they were terrible and I laughed. <laughs> But I never yeah, believed you, I never <laughs> believed you, Steve. Yeah. Okay. That is the like one of the hard things about uh, improv and theater in LA, like the 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 stacked crowd. Like you'll be watching someone die, or just like a scene that's going nowhere, and people are like laughing, like they're paid sitcom laughers. Like it's weird. Great point. Okay, uh, and moving. <laughs> I guess I touched a sore spot with the performers. I'm sorry. No, I'm laughing because I was paid to. Okay. Uh, The same thing with comedy. Like, you know, I've seen comics go up in front of other comics and they're they're a little too giving with the laughs. But then again, my style of laughing is is staring at someone and (laughs) trying not to laugh. No, I mean, I, I, I... I do. I feel like I'm That's an overlapper with telling jokes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do stand up, right, Cassandra? Uh, no, not really. I do more uh, improv. She did improv. for a spell. I did stand up are... for a hot second, and then I was like, "Why do I hate myself?" And I was like, "Oh, it's because I keep telling <laughs> jokes about how much I fucking suck. Let me not do this anymore." <laughs> so, 
Do you notice when people are are um, are doing that, or like, because I've probably been guilty of like going seeing friends plays things and laughing too much. I mean, I do that all the time. I just think that it's a lot easier to like be up on stage when people are laughing. So I will over laugh uh, to support people. Um, and uh, when you're on stage, you can definitely hear the difference between genuine laughter and <laughs> hurt hurt laughter, where you're like, ah, fuck. I gotta do better. They're just. But I feel like when out. I'm fake laughing, I'm real laugh. Like I do, I do. I feel like I'm like I'm genuinely like, oh, my friend's up there doing stuff. Oh, that's a pretty good. I don't think I'm yeah. ever like hate a joke and then I fake it. I feel like I'm just being enthusiastic and just yeah, loving. You're following along, you're like, okay, yeah, okay. A good, a good. There's like, there's a lot of like, good for you going on. Like, yeah, <laughs> you're up there doing it, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> I identify that as a joke. Well done. <laughs> Yes. Yes. I'm just the, the basic level of a yes of a joke was constructed. Is there enough for me to be excited? Yep. Uh, so you know, it, it was the absolute most miserable part of working on a, a half hour was the endless run throughs and read throughs, and you just like had to laugh, like you and the mm-hmm. other nerds standing off the stage, and like come shoot night, like I've heard this crap joke. 70 times and then it got punched up and then it went back and then uh, and the network lady did this and then that guy did and then come friday night at 10 and you're like it was just so painful but i i'm i'm an emotionally uncooperative person so yeah but i, I, that, I, just, well, I have a pretty me. good ear for that like with sitcom like when i do sitcom um or even on, on like a single camera on a non-live audience one with the crew I, I, I feel like I've developed some sort of like, oh, that was, and I, I am on the lookout for certain people that I want to make sure I, I think are laughing. And I, I, I feel like I have a weird radar with that one. And I'm, if you can I, get I, a grip I, to I, laugh, I drop the bad ones. Yeah. like a grip just doesn't care. Oh, that's, like, that's what I'm, you're, well, yeah, I mean, you're going for that. And then you're going for like the, the smartest person in the room kind of thing. Like if you can make her laugh or, you know, like, okay, I got, or him. I, I go for that sometimes. No, her. <laughs> it's usually not a him. Um, yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure it's a him. Okay, uh, Marty, can you uh, pot her mic down a little bit? Just oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Bring, bring her down. Just okay. the- Don't worry. I'm going to go put my sushi away because I'm done with okay. it. Okay. All right. Send some this way. So uh, you know how there's that podcast, Doug Loves Movies? I don't know if you guys have heard it at all. Yes. Doug, Doug Loves Movies? Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, a, yeah. Yeah. Doug Benson has a, he's a stand-up. He, there's a game that they play that is from, uh, uh, I guess, an Austin uh, morning radio thing where they have to identify the four titles that are on a person's IMDb page. So, you know, like th- those are the four things that get promoted if you go to their I- IMDb page. I think you can, s- if your publicist can probably set them, but then there's probably some algorithm that sets them. Do you know the? F- I didn't even notice this. You mean like when you go to someone's web page, they list all the stuff they've done, but uh, before that is like four posters, like four, yeah, four little, oh, okay. four. Okay. Yeah. So do you know, Kyle, the four that are on that? It's like under known for. <clears throat> so in IMDb. Uh, so this what, is different than photos because I feel like photos. No, no, this is. Like, Haven't you already done this with him? It photos is underneath. Is above it. I'm looking at it. Photos is above okay. it and known for. Yeah. And it's four posters. Um, you're asking me? Yeah. Marty? Yeah. What What are the four on my IMDb? <laughs> um, go, no, on yours. <laughs> Brooklyn I9? Nope. No. She's out of my league? One. Yeah. 
Um, boy, perfect. <laughs> we no, just talked about it. Uh, don't know hints. Don't give him a hint. Mar- mar- marriage story. Yes, that doesn't really count. That's but... weird. Yeah, that's yeah. Oops. <laughs> He's a guest. I'm just trying I to be nice. Help. Um, you again? Which one? You again? Oh, you just got super dim. On the a movie called You Again? Oh no, you no. hear me? Yeah. Um, I don't know what the last two are. Uh, Worst week? Oh no. Uh, that's when the one you were naked in, right? On the posters. Yeah, uh, I've been naked in a few. I've been I was naked in uh, uh, casual quite a bit. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah. Uh, Bachelorette and the big wedding. Oh, that's a, a Bachelorette. I, I can see Bachelorette. Big wedding's weird. That was uh that was crazy. I um, I that was like I get get a call like on a Sunday. Can you be in? They were doing it in Connecticut, and look who's in that movie. It's De Niro. Yeah, Robin Williams, a... Susan Sarandon, and I—it's—it's a—it's a wedding movie. It's not. There's nothing of note of that movie, but it's—it's it's like takes place over a wedding weekend. I show up at the end. I'm, I'm uh, Captain Heigl's husband, and I say a few things, and then I dance with everybody, including Susan Sarandon. But what I remember about it is I'm meeting Robin Williams, all these people, and I'm—I'm I'm, I'm of course just sort of—they've all been working for two months. I—I I don't know anyone, so <laughs> I'm just being quiet and nice to everyone, and just sort of being like a nerd about meeting all these amazing people. De Niro is way at the end of the set and the director goes, Oh, and have you met Bobby yet? And I'm like, no. And, and uh, he goes, Hey Bobby. And then De Niro looks, you know, he's like 50 feet away and he's like, this is Kyle. And then Bobby just goes, just does a very Bobby De Niro. Like, okay. by the way, for those and, who, uh, who are then, listening, I didn't even want to meet him after that. I was just like, that's enough for me. It'll, it'll ruin it if I actually meet him. Kyle did a very, very passable like De Niro on a on a Zoom call. <laughs> uh, it was very. Uh, I thought very, you you felt it. I think yeah, I, I, felt everyone, it. I felt it. Yeah, everyone felt it. Yeah, and he's like, De Niro hey. is really just a um, it's nose breathing. So De Niro, everyone likes to do this, but De Niro is actually it's more just you sort of breathe through your nose. Okay, and you kind of just go like this a little bit. So this is a, a question like for Kruger. Like, what's yes, the sir. difference between a, a Gandolfini and a De Niro? Mm-hmm. About seventy-five pounds. Well, <laughs> no, in the mic. Um, in the mic. A little bit. A little bit more back here. Uh, breathe it. Yeah, I mean, breathe it. it. Well, it's breathing, and and there's more. There's more congestion in in Gandolfini, and there's a little more of a squeak. <laughs> uh, new, yeah. It's the squeak. It's the squeak. I never it's thought the, about that. Yeah. I, I, I don't. I've never done a Gandolfini. I don't do De Niro. I only do De Niro like not talking. I only do him like listening. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. Um. It's it's you know crossing the street, waiting for the light. Nice. There's the light. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> And now I go. Good. I feel bad for very, everyone very, who's very, listening and can't very, see. Very good. Podcast. Very good. Very good. Put that on the Tumblr some, somehow. Are we filming this? Nope. No. Yeah. no. Oh, this shit. is the ephemera of uh, Google Hangouts. We <laughs> never ephemera. figured that out. We we got Zoom bombed once, and I don't think that we've ever tried to film or live stream ever again. Yeah. Mm. Uh, what would you have uh, said to De Niro if you got to say hi and? Like what? What's your like? I, I've met like super duper famous people, and I always like blow. I'm like, I I know you. I, like I don't like like fucking Sean Penn like comes in my office, and I'm like, 
hey, it's that guy. Like, I, I just, I don't know how. <laughs> I lose my shit the... when I see Sam Raimi's brother, you know? Ooh. <laughs> Ted, right? no, no, Ted that's Ivan. I'm um, talking about Ted, the uh, oh, I, <laughs> yeah, the actor, quote unquote actor. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you say to De Niro? I don't know. I'm I'm kind of a don't meet your heroes kind of person. <laughs> or like, I just I know, like, I don't. Oh. I don't mind not meeting, not meeting. Does them. that mean that you've had a bad I, experience I'm, meeting a hero? No, I think we're, I think growing up when we, I I just think we were informed by so much about celebrity, you know, that we just knew the good, bads and in-betweens and then, and and then now it's even different than when we were growing up where now we see celebrities all the time and they're home. Like now it's, everyone feels like they know celebrities even more. I think that the, uh, the idea of celebrity has changed and everything, but De Niro is something that's like iconic. And I just have always felt Steve Martin was the big per- like I I was a huge Steve Martin fan since I was like four, and at some point realized like it was better if I didn't meet him. Even before hearing the phrase "Don't meet your heroes," I was like, I'd like to just keep him as this thing rather than. <laughs> I think that's fair. John, did you ever meet any of your heroes? Did you meet Voltaire or? Uh... <laughs> I once met Ed Asner. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> Who wouldn't really love to meet? Ed oh yeah, I can see Seattle. you two getting along real well. Oh, I don't know why. Man, I, just, I feel like so a much kindred... about Ed Asner that I love. <laughs> uh, when he was in the Compass Players, you know, and, and good uh, politics, so many great, great actors, yeah, great politics. He was. I met him in Seattle when they had the uh, uh, the after convention. He was the president of After at the time, and he bought popcorn from me. And I, I did that. Uh, it, I was in Seattle, but I did the L.A. thing of pretending not to, you know, just serving nice. him popcorn. Nice. And finally, I said, I think you're awesome. <laughs> like, who wouldn't love to hear that? You know, even if you yeah. hear it a thousand times a day, like how, why would that be right. ever be a bad thing? I can't do it. I can't. I, I can't either, I have, but I would love to hear it. I have such a it. hard time talking to famous people. I get nervous and then I just do the LA thing. I'm like, oh, never mind, fuck it. Like what? But I usually, it's because I was waiting on them or something. Like, like and I don't when? want to meet them as a waiter. When what? when who is a famous person that that you freaked out with? It's kind of random ones because I've and again this is all waiting tables. Which Ted Raimi, is just a bummer. Who? Ted Raimi, Sam Raimi's brother. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. C- continue. Freaked continue. out. Um, no, um, I saw the worst I've ever acted in like starstruckness was not even someone who like even really probably deserved it it was more just my age and who he was to uh prepubescent girls or girls going through puberty as i waited on chad michael murray and he could see <laughs> my age and he knew that i knew that who he was and it was like a whole thing so he was very nice but i was like very shaken because there was like a 14 13 year old girl inside of me who was like it's fucking chad michael murray it's fucking chad michael murray <laughs> so but like super super famous people i just i'm like a brick wall i'm like no i don't care that you are ron howard i don't care i will wait on you and i am a waitress clint howard however what do you want clint howard i fucking lost (laughs) my mind (laughs) couldn't help myself there but now kyle you probably get recognized most I mean, for tons of things, but isn't it? I, I whenever I mention your name, not to a ton of people. I mean, not that I don't. 
just so you know, I'm, I'm not talking about you constantly, but he's but, lying. But, uh, like all, all last week's episode was about him. Yeah, but like yeah. Giselle, Giselle, oh, he does who a shitty De Niro impression, and all that. You don't remember him? Oh, he's gonna do the. And, De Niro, and we're gonna, gonna like, yeah, game. yes, and his De Niro impression. Yeah. It's a drinking game for yeah, the audience yes, when yes. the when the guest does. He won't remember. Him. This is all uh, you know, on podcast, and they can't see him. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but like Giselle, who used to be on the podcast, like her, like her favorite movie was "She's Out of My League." Like, do you get called out a lot for that? Like, I'm just curious. She's in my league. Well, it's funny, too, because every you you know, like certain like she's in my league, like a lot of bros, a lot of bros will talk about she's I mean, actually not just bros, but like people like younger people that are like maybe 15 younger, 15 years younger than I am. will bring that up because I think that movie like did OK when it came out, but then it, be, it got a little bit of a cult status. Um, and so people will yell out lines from that which is neat yeah I, I i i always think it's it's neat when it happens I, i've never i mean i'm I'm like probably in a good spot where like i'm in, no one's ever gonna like hound me it's just gonna be like every once in a while someone says a line that i did or and it's like a sweet feeling it's like a neat like oh it's you know it's never in scotland it was weird um certain things are like you notice are big in other places like brooklyn 99 is huge in europe and so you would notice nothing else besides that where i would get and like it'd be um like my character that always proposes to another <laughs> character in it and so they would ask me to do proposals which is weird sometimes um but so that'll be interesting or like um i just did a dolly parton thing so like uh, um that's a d totally different crowd that'll recognize this <laughs> it's, um so it's always kind of funny like oh they have obviously a fan of this because of certain age group or anything but I know that I recognized you from a pilot that you did that I think only had one season, but I just watched a shit ton of television. I was watching a lot specifically then, and I just had to look it up. So I'm sorry that I <laughs> remembered it, but I didn't remember the name of it. But I remember I recognized you from Perfect Couples. Oh, yeah. I saw you. Perfect I was Couples. Like, oh, fuck. That guy's from that one. one of the <laughs> yeah, I was one of however many people who watched it. I watched it every week. Well, when you say like a show that only went one season, that could have been three or four shows. I've never been on a show that went more than one season. <laughs> Which is, hey, I'm not. It, it was a fun one season. Sure. Oh. Yeah. And then, but then it was like, then everyone kept bringing up everything else, and I was like, oh fuck, he's in everything. Why do I remember him from that one show? <laughs> couples. Ten years ago. Uh, but, I replaced know, another enough. Kyle in that. There was a. It was a Kyle Howard was played that part and. And was was but was um signed on to do another show and couldn't do it. Mm. Um, yeah. Bye, Kyle Howard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They just replaced another Kyle. It was either me or Kyle McLaughlin. They picked me. Uh, so the the one time you get season two on Avenue Five, they're like, nope, nope. They were gonna start a pandemic. Believe me, I've thought that. I know. I was. It, it oh, was no. the dirtiest, like excited that my finally was gonna be on with a season two, and but that one's hopefully just delayed. Yeah. <clears throat> so since uh, this isn't a talk show and you don't have eight minutes to come up with a, a, a little fun story uh, for the host to pretend to have you set up, like what do you, so the audience can learn a little bit more about you aside from the four things you're known for on IMDb. What do you mean? <laughs> I've, I've already forgot. Yeah. Uh, like what do you do outside of acting? And you're a writer too, as I mentioned at the top mm -hmm. and, 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 a, and a director, you're everything except for I've, not a dancer. I've never seen you move with any oh, grace. Although uh -oh. when I first moved to LA, <laughs> I uh, so I I took tap dance lessons 
because I'm a big Gene Kelly fan and um, I'm not, I don't come from theater or anything. By the way, none of this um, was like, I, I just thought it would be cool to take tap dancing because I love Gene Kelly. And um, my, my now wife, when we were dating, found, found my tap shoes hidden in my closet. Um, was that, her did mind, that almost end the marriage? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, there were just a lot of questions. Uh, um, and actually, in London last year, we all took tap dance, uh, and I was I was able to sort of re um, acquaint myself with my my twenty year old self. Send my tap, tap shoes. <laughs> FedEx. So, no, not a dancer, but I tried for about uh, three weeks in Santa Monica in nineteen ninety six. And just so everyone <laughs> knows that Kyle was the lead singer of a of a. Uh, and a yacht rock cover band that Steve played in, and yes. that, I mean, guys, more importantly, Steve was the lead guitarist. Yes, and is that where you guys the, the uh, lead met? and only guitarist? So, <laughs> and that, is that how you guys met then? Uh, I mean, around yeah. that time, I knew his then girlfriend, and she said, "Oh, my boyfriend wants to start a soft rock band." And I went, "What? I what? What is the <laughs> song?" I it was like a genre of music I did not know anything about. And then, uh, and Kyle, you probably tell the story. Like we started rehearsing or jamming and emails started going around and he got like a real heavy dose of the Kruger early, early on without really knowing. And as, as we were discussing the other day, I'm like cilantro, like people, some people really dig me. And then other people they are like, it tastes like toothpaste. Get it out of my <laughs> mouth. Like, fuck, it's too much. And I think Kyle had the toothpaste reaction. Cause he, like, who can? Blame I sent him, him some bitchy email. He's like, "Should we rehearse on Friday?" And I was like, "Why start trying now?" Or something. I don't know. I can't. It was so long ago. And he, it was on a chain. And he got out of the email chain and went directly. He's like, "Dude, is there something wrong with you? Like, why are you?" Good <laughs> for you. Yeah, I don't know. I was like, <laughs> well, oh, we, we became oh. best friends after yeah, that. So yes, it was the. It was in uh, like Step Brothers. Did we just become best friends? Somebody just <laughs> called me on my shit. <laughs> If Marty would just do it, I'd be friends with Marty, but nope. he's too much of a, he's nope. a cuck boy. Yep. Oh my God. What? I like I'm to use the word cuck because I know it I'm glad you keep using it week after week. I'm like, all right, cuck. Perfect. It confuses John. He's like, I, I, what is this word I hear? Uh, so yeah, he got a big. It's not, that's, that's not like, that doesn't identify anything. I am confused by almost everything. That's yeah, true. John, you have dementia. <laughs> it's really sad. What? So anyway, um... what? Oh, it's okay. <laughs> Have you eaten today, sir? <laughs> yeah. John, I'm very proud of you. You've not said rum or anything with a thick New England accent this whole podcast. I'm really mm, proud. Mm, mm. The diction classes are paying off. That app mm. I I gifted you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Oh. I didn't make fun of in this, oh. this the the song what? that I made this morning. I didn't talk at all about. My keys? No, I did talk the about keys your keys. Keys were in there, yeah. Yeah, but I didn't no, talk I, about I could, yeah. your mispronunciation of words. Well, you how's know, your, you, had, you, you had the rhyme. Right? I'm sorry. Well, sorry, John. Go ahead. I, I, uh, over. Now this sucks. Yeah. Two, three, four. Somebody okay. go. <laughs> <laughs> what was your question, Kyle? No, just how are you feeling though? I know you were depressed when we started and you're depressed today. And we all are. I mean, we can be uh, we can talk about that, guys. I was super depressed. <laughs> this this is the same place. We've only got two hours, you know. Wow. Uh, Finally. 
someone was, else to go to therapy on this podcast besides with me. Yeesh. Wait, Cassandra, you go to therapy? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yes, that's I why, talk that's about why. it constantly. I don't listen. How, how is that going during this? Is it social distance therapy right now? Yeah, we do it over uh, Zoom. And it's fine. It's kind of like, yeah, it's fine. It's kind of exactly what you just did. Where like he backs up and he's sitting on a velvet couch with a drink in his hand while I talk at him. That's exactly what this therapy. What therapy well, you is. know what? Then you know you can get a free session. Go ahead, Cassandra. Yeah, I'll no, be, I'll God. Be in right now. Why am I so mad at my mom right now? All of a sudden. All right. What else? Nothing. It's How does fine. that make you feel? <sighs> is it? Uh, and and tell me if I'm prying, but like, is it traditional talk therapy? Or is it some How weird? How dare you, Steve? Yeah, um, yeah, no, you're, you're, just, you're prying. You're prying. No, we just chit chat. Um, I, I, I told her she could fucking. Ugh. No, I, I thought you told therapy. me. I, I was telling you that you're prying in case you didn't know. He, it's not like hypnosis or anything like that. Um, and, and yeah, we just we just talk. All right. Just gotta get someone to listen. <laughs> Jeez. I'm sorry, I didn't get any of that. Could you one more time? I was someone needs to listen. I was looking at Kyle's gun show. He was just showing us his big manly <laughs> arms. Yeah, Kyle's uh, no no. I, I've, and I've talked about it on the podcast before. I, I did EMDR like 15 years ago. Like it was insanely uh I guess I haven't talked about it on the podcast. Or I you don't listen. fucking yes, listen. You you've told me. Uh I movement desensitization remedy something? I don't know. I, if I only that. had a computer in front of me, it's right. where they they sort of hypnotize you. They make you watch like a light go back and forth, and you have you ever music. seen Clockwork Orange? That's basically yeah. what they do. They they where they wedge, open the eyes up. Wedge your no, eyes they open. Don't, they don't. No, it's nothing. You have to watch that. images of, of of Hitler and violence. Yes, and, and while, uh, it's like a milk Beethoven processing. It's the parallax view. <laughs> There's a milk parallax view. Yeah, something like that. That's all I remember of them. And don't give him the trigger word, or he'll it's three, assassinate three days the president. Three marathon man. <laughs> right, right. Uh, Manchurian candidate. Yeah. Got it. Guys, done. Having fun? You having fun? Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. It's Steve. Yes, Wait, Gandolfini. De Niro? De Niro. De Niro. Yeah. Yeah. Gandolfini. No, no, I'm doing Gandolfini. Gandolfini. You're doing De Niro. Yeah. Oh, jeez. It's Gandolfini. I think we could put out like an ambient album that would be yeah, big in Sweden. And exhale the, off. The nose, the nose breathing of those two uh, particular yeah. actors. No, I, I, think it's, I think it's great that you're going to therapy at your ripe young age. <clears throat> getting Getting ahead of the problems that are ahead of you, which are massive. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to believe. Yeah, it just gets worse. I um, just find that so shocking. It's, <laughs> but hey, yeah, comedy. Yeah, Kyle, get it did out. you get to meet <clears throat> Dolly Parton? Hmm. Kyle, did you meet get oh. to meet Dolly Parton? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Is she nice. Everything. Everything you you. Yeah, I, I, she's a force. I mean, she's exactly exactly what you think. Wait, can you just explain to everybody yeah. what you what you did with for her with her? She, she, her? she created like her and her um her like producing partner created a show on Netflix. Each episode is a uh, based on one of her songs, um, and uh, with different casts and everything. So, um, what's that? What's An that? anthology. Anthology, yeah, um, and um. Yeah, and so she would be. She was obviously around. Which, you know, she wasn't hugely involved day to day, but she would pop in. And I remember we had this big old dinner with our cast and, and a bunch of people and her, 
coming. And um, yeah, she's she's as charming and funny and and with it and talented and like she's an amazing conversationalist and her story. She and she's very like she tells crazy stories about like when she wants to just sort of um, blend in. Like where she 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 does this a lot in Tennessee where she's just sick of being Dolly Parton, so she will completely transform herself and go out. And she'll go to like a Dolly part. She'll go like to Dolly World for like a Dolly festival and walk around without anyone knowing that that, that she's there. Yeah, wow. amazing. No, but why did but she? She, she, she runs the East Tennessee. I mean, she the charity like that whole all of East Tennessee is like Dolly Land. Dolly like Land. like in terms of the charity she runs and the, and and how big she is there. Now, why did she cast you as Jolene then? <laughs> she does things her way and you don't right. question right. you just, fair enough. Fair you enough. trust whatever dolly says and uh, you go with it at one point we were all everyone like we were kind of shyly wanted to take pictures with her and finally they just started a photo line like a president oh, like like awesome. where everyone at the end there was like a casual party that just turned into like like we were all just like, oh, just let's just do it this way you all want the picture um and she manages to do it with, with, without seeming obnoxious because i think she it would be impossible for her to be anything but just like this gracious uh yeah that was a that that's a yeah that she she lives up to everything that's gotta be and a- she's like, like the stories about it, like she's an amazing businesswoman when like she owned all her stuff early on anyone that tried to like screw her over in the, like when she was like 20 years old she was she was already building her empire from the early age and all the crap that she had to put up with in that industry that that she she weathered so well it was it's she's a pretty inspiring person that's awesome yeah, there's a podcast about her that ta- that does a be- deep dive in each one of her songs, and my wife is listening to it, and now has just become like a dolly file. Like, did you know that she yeah. wrote the the song from the Bodyguard? Like, yeah, everybody. Yeah. Knows. Like, what? What? Like, I. I, I but not only that, she like <laughs> yeah, her songs Duh. in the '70s are amazing, and I think she her her celebrity took on a life of its own. I think in the '80s and. For, for better or worse or whatever. But like, if you go back to her, her songwriting and her actual contribution to not just country music, but to music and to, to pop culture, it's pretty extraordinary. And she also had this great story when she did nine to five, where she had never done a movie before and no one told her she memorized all her lines for the entire movie. Oh, wow. Before she went. So like for anyone out there that doesn't know, like you, when you shoot a movie, you shoot it over a couple of months and you just, you know, sometimes you shoot, one scene a day, maybe two scenes a day. And you, you really, though you're familiar with everything that you have to do in the movie, you really don't only need to know your lines for that day. Well, she didn't know that. So she learned all her lines for the entire movie. Like a play. <laughs> like a play, yeah. Um, well, they, they might shoot uh, scene theory. 103 yeah. today. Who knows? I got to know my line. Like, oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Which is kind of amazing. It kind of speaks to her work ethic, too. What was it? Like, that was her big movie? Or did was rhinestone rhinestone maybe nine to five yeah i mean i think she had yellow magnolias too wasn't she yeah yeah oh yeah is that any good i've never seen that cassandra um i haven't seen it since i was a child and i remember it being good then and i've read the play and uh yeah i think it definitely uh on a scale of not love actually to love actually where is it well it's not fair to have love actually on scale at all (laughs) it's not (laughs) no it's like that's dumb. Okay. Nothing no. gets close to love actually, so it's going to be I guess in the middle. Uh, like a percentage of, <laughs> of if love actually is a perfect film, 
100% of, of film. Yeah. Where would Steel Magnolias be? How much, like 80%? An perfect film. Yes. But where yes. would it be number-wise? I, as I said, I watched it as a child. I'm happy to watch it this week and uh, get back to everybody. Please, please do. Because I don't want to say, <laughs> all right, oh, that's, that's everyone's awesome. assignment. We're all like going to watch eight. a different, uh, different Dolly Parton movie. There we go. I'm going to like watch. watch I'm watching Straight Talk. Uh, that's a good one. Nice. James Woods. Yeah, Jimmy Woods, Griffin Dunn. News. Uh, yeah, she Is plays a news? talk show, talk show host, uh, like a radio show host. Okay. Yeah. I get that mixed up with switching channels, which I think was around that time as well, right? Oh. Is it switching channels a show, a movie that yeah, happened? Yeah. Who was in that? Which one has Christopher Reeves in it? I that oh, might that's... be switching channels. We'll never know. Yeah, that's that's Christopher Reeve and Kathleen Turner? Oh, no. who was in your your episode? Yeah, great Kathleen Turner was in Yeah, another... and, and Burt Reynolds. Uh but anyhow, yeah, that must have been really fun to work with her. Or I don't know. She was cool too. Yeah, that's good to know. At, thinking about a straight talk that uh, the talk show movie reminded me of like maybe a year ago there was this brouhaha on twitter where this trailer dropped for a movie and the premise was it was like a white dude who couldn't get work in radio so he then oh, put really? on yeah, an african-american persona and was giving advice to people and oh, we talked about successful. that on the show yeah no i just it just popped in my head and i thought yeah that's not a good idea <laughs> oh my god I mean, and they're, they're like, well, we're, you know, the filmmakers are like, we're having an open discussion about it. And, you know, we're, we're all telling stories like, eh. so, yeah, he plays a black woman or whatever. He, he affects. He's it. giving, he's giving radio advice, advice yeah. like Frasier. And he's, but like, he's doing it as a black woman. And changing the city with his, his sassy, like very original, never seen character. Yeah, that's the, the the whole genre of like movies where you take a white person and make them black, like um, the Harvard one. Uh, Soul Man. Soul, Soul Man. Man. Yes. Oh, like, no, that, that's not like you look at that and it's like, is that the 50s? Like, no, that was mid 80s. That's kind of... I'm telling you, there's nothing from the 80s. I know. That, yeah, that is good. But like I feel like we're at a tipping point now because like everybody's calling everybody on their shit right now, and mm -hmm. and I think that that is that the difference of like, oh yeah, we think that you know Rodney King, uh, he was you know, he really suffered badly, but we're not going to change anything. We're not going to take down any statues of slave owners, but now they're taking in washington state i think or or oregon they they took down a statue of of uh jefferson and which yeah to me i'm like he did some good things but and then yeah. i saw yeah but he, here's the thing i because we all have feelings about the subject but like taking a step back do you even like statues like when was the last time <laughs> I'm, no, I agree. I, a statue. Yeah. When the fuck have I gone to see the dumbest things in the world? I agree. Like because they never I, look I, like the person. Statues are stupid. Yeah. Let, like yeah. literally, think of the last time not in Europe when you're like on statue tours. Like yeah. when was the last the time you're like boring parts of the tour? Hey, let's go over to oh, Disney has a great ride called Statue Tours. It's, well, it's the Star Tours where it's a virtual. You're in a spaceship, really going through. The, yeah. uh, the all the the last the one statues. I can remember seeing in person and having gone to it was at the Alamo when I was living in Texas, and there was one for 
someone named Bowie. I was like, uh, uh, okay, I'm public school trained. I don't, somebody named Bowie was here and there was a statue of him. And I just looked at it and I thought, what the, f- who wants us? It, it's like from a thousand years ago. It's like an ego thing to have a statue. Cause I feel like most people who have statues probably ordered for them themselves you know but just take them all like what do you everyone should be or just put them in a fucking museum like a museum of racism put it somewhere in west virginia they've got like all those old fucking statues where was i was in was i in rome or was i i don't remember i was at some place i was at the vatican this is fucking full of stupid statues I don't care. Oh, Rome is to... lousy with statues. Like, Ugh, it's, so, it's like, so boring. We get it. You're so old. Like, <laughs> give this shit. Yeah, if you want to see so, a, a statue of John Sylvain, go to Rome. Go to the Trevi Fountain. Yes. He's one of the little angels. <laughs> John yeah, Sylvain serving some popcorn to a senator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but, uh, okay, so uh, my college. Huge <laughs> penis, though, on that statue. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 And the balls, I mean, like, oh, yeah. just sagging. Two botchy With balls. that weird, level. like, little poof of statue pubes, you know? Because they, like, all the... <laughs> it's, like, the, you know, it's wavy and, and, yeah, and it's uh, really thick weird. threads. Yeah, it looks yeah. like... The interesting story uh, about statues yeah. is they start with the pubes, and then they work out from there. Mm-hmm. The pubes are the very yeah. first cut. You, you yeah, find the pubes days. is a famous sculpture. I had to stand there yeah. for days. Whenever I uh, <laughs> sketch... Nude men, I always start with the pubes start too. It, the it pubes informs and, more about the personality than even the eyes it, do, in my opinion. It really is the window to the soul. I agree. But <laughs> I think that the pubes <laughs> are the window to the soul. Yeah, pubes yeah. are the window to the soul. Oh. Everyone pubes. knows that. That's that's I like, like say a, pubes. Yeah. What's the state of manscaping uh with like I guess what's the new generation? Gen Gen Z? What who's who's coming up next? What are uh, is, did, did, did manscaping start in the late nineties and it's continued or is it up and down or what's what should I be doing, and what's everyone out doing? You're out asking there? us. And, and no, no, everybody, all the men on this podcast are older than you are. Yeah. Uh, and I don't. And hairier, except for Marty. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember the last penis I've seen. Um, and what it, what it, what the situation was. Did it have Bucatini? Yeah. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> I don't know what Bucatini wow. is. It's a, it's a pasta that, with a hole the, in it. The, the pubes on the statue look like thick threads. Of oh, spaghetti. excuse me. <laughs> no, it didn't. Here, I just called it a statue poof. Uh, but no, it has <laughs> to poof. Um, I don't know. I'm pretty sure you just aren't aren't. Don't men always the goal is just to do whatever makes it look. No, no. Bigger. Okay, but bigger? is it grosser to see a bunch of hair, or is it grosser to see no hair? In my opinion. No, yeah. in in Kyle's <laughs> no. opinion. <laughs> but I want you I mean, to I answer. About it, but I want to hear Cassandra first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think. I think when there's no hair, I'm like, huh? Why? Yeah. <laughs> why, yeah. why? Do you not have a job? Do you not have other responsibilities that you had time for this? Or did you like really think I was going to see it? In which case, I don't like that confidence. I'm going to knock you down a couple pegs. Gross. <laughs> I don't like it. Uh, you but know, a, but a, a ton bit. of hair, medium, then medium, medium amount of mouth, medium amount of work. I well, think the, that you that. need to look at your own situation and go, How does this look the best? If right. you feel insecure with the amount of hair that you have, then probably take care of it. 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Who am I? Who am I to say? Well, when you're with someone, it's about their desires and pleasures. Like they, if you're with a, a partner who wants you smooth, you. Oh my God. Wait, what? I got to take notes. What did you say? Maybe this will help. Oh, wow. So I'm supposed to like do what to who? Ask your I, wife. I feel, John, I feel like your pubes are just like talc. Like you blow on them and it just like a little. Oh, just. <laughs> off into the air. I, I I don't feel like you you, you I think feel like my pubes. You have a feeling about. My I have pubes? a feeling about. Your... How often have you been feeling about my pubes? I mean, this is it's an inconvenient time or... to be feeling about you my. Probably pubes Probably thought about your pubes more than you thought about maybe that I'm funny. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I, I, I that's pretty much going on my mind. John's weird. pubes, John's pubes, Marty's dogs barking, Marty's dogs, John's pubes, and then maybe once in a while, oh. That Cassandra woman said something, and then right back to your pubes. That's mm -hmm. kind of like how my brain works. Yeah. No, I, John, your pubes are probably all gray or white at this point, right? No, actually, they're not. Hold on. Oh, really? <laughs> Here he goes. I haven't looked in a long time. Really? All right. Oh, we're, all, we're all watching this. A world they're, uh, premiere exclusive. No, they're really, they're really pretty dark still. All right. I think they're going to go gray pretty soon. But Good they're, they're to know. Dark. Good to know. I guess I win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over under. Should on I that show one. them? No. <laughs> this is just like when it finally was like, oh yeah, I don't like doing this over Zoom because that would have <laughs> never happened. Uh, no, it totally we would have happened. Oh, it totally would have happened. Uh, Tyson wants to know what oh. Diane Potts would say about manscaping. What Diane Potts would say about manscaping? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll ask her. Okay. Cool. <clears throat> Um, so Kyle, uh, this is Billy. Trying to set me up, Tyson, do a fucking no. funny voice like I'm a fucking clown. Don't don't give it. <laughs> dance, monkey, dance. I refuse. Uh, I'm curious. We were talking about it the other day. What, uh, like, what would you have done if you had not gone into acting? What would, what are like, where do you, where would you see yourself as a younger man? And you decided, no, I'm not going to go. I mean, you can still be in L.A., but like, what? Because I just think about it constantly, not what you would be. I think I, about I've that. Never I, about I think that. about that a lot, Kyle. What you would be? What what I would be? Yeah. Um, there, journalism probably. I mean, but I don't know if I would have been good at it, and 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 I would have been going into an era right when everything was falling apart in journalism. And, uh, you know, um, my dad was a um, anchorman. He was a journalist and anchorman for five years. He he switched careers and became a banker, but. And his brother was a sports writer. I had an aunt who was a fashion editor in Cincinnati. So I came from um, journalism was something that was always my brother ran, a, created a paper in Oregon, um, <coughs> Oregon University, University of Oregon. Um, so journalism was probably the only, the only I went to one year of college. And that was the one thing I was like, maybe considering possibly majoring in, but I didn't like college. So I moved out to L.A. Um, but journalism, I remember when I was a real little kid, you say like, I, maybe I would have lived in LA anyway. I always wanted to live in a big city. And I, my big plan as a kid, cause I'd watch a movie. I remember watching Tootsie. I think you and I were talking about this Steve, Cause you just watched Tootsie, right? Yeah. Um, and I just remember like, Oh, that's awesome, man. Live in a big city and you have like parties with other 20 somethings and like you drink. It just, I just romanticized like being in my twin, like you go on dates and sometimes the dates go bad. And then you play racquetball and you talk about it with your friends. <laughs> with, with a, like, a short like, Jewish, a short Jewish guy. <laughs> yeah. who's uh, yeah. Your, your, uh, you your funny ass. friend. 
maybe play for Josh Gad in the future. Morally inappropriate, like, you know, kind of ambiguous friend. You know, I just, everything, I remember everything that way. And my big plan was I just, I was going to live in a big city, be a firefighter, and that was going to be my life. And I, you know, and then, um, yeah, so that that was my my two big plans was either journalism or just live in a big city. And you and failed. Be a you failed at I both. Put a, put, put a pin I in the journalism. Yeah, I failed at the New York part. Well, put a pin in the journalism thing because I didn't even know that, and that's really interesting. But while you were saying that, I was just thinking about the uh, the Netflix movie, the the wrong Missy, the, the But in in it, uh, Nick Swarzden plays the rom com wacky friend. Yeah, you know that's just beating him. I would like. I would love to see a movie with just all rom com wacky friends. Like no, <laughs> no, no, the, the Rosencrants and Gildenstern. Hey, we're gonna get laid. We're gonna do this. Like yeah, like, 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 like the Rosencrants and Gildensterns of sidekicks, basically. Yeah, it's all sidekicks. There's no like James Marsden handsome. Like whoa, you got to teach right. me how to talk no, to girls. No, you need like, like early two thousands Judy Greer and Catherine Hahn because they yeah. were best friends yeah. and a lot of stuff or like. When you were talking about playing, rac- like you just like go and talk on dates playing racquetball, I was thinking about Long Came Polly, where it's like they were playing basketball <laughs> and Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, yeah. Like, just sweat on the face. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, they are just kind of morally like unsound, like train wreck people just yeah. giving yeah. bad advice just to each other. They're like, what? yeah, what just am like, I gonna oh, do? I went on this bad date, but I really think I'm in love. Well, well, I don't know. I just have sex for breakfast. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I would watch the fuck out of that movie. Yeah. The sidekick. reductive vision of masculinity and like manhood too. It was always the friend was like, you get, you know, there was always like really, the bad advice was always so cliche and unimaginative. And I was always offended as a man. Like we're like, we, we're more complicated and than, than we are portrayed on. It was always like, you just got to do this with a woman. And you, it was always like this very, I, I love the way, especially 80s romantic comedies got it wrong or, or just like the what they thought they were getting right about the male female experience and how reduced yeah. it was. And then how that probably informed men for way too long and formed both genders for way too long and then it had to be broken out of. And now we're like exploding those stereotypes. I but if you look back like in the 80s, it's like, oh. Those movies focusing on those people would probably be really dark and not funny yeah. at all because like <laughs> yeah. all of those characters are just like, wildly insecure God. to a point where right. the advice they give comes from like a place of self-hatred and they go back to yeah, the yeah. studio apartment and they're just like you know drinking to oblivion yeah, yeah. like they have this yeah. great day at like the office at like the law firm that everyone works at and then they go on they click their lights onto their empty studio apartment it's like just look at the handgun on the table a little too yeah, long it's, it's, no, it's, like, it's taxi driver but with like a bunch of guys who all are just i, I like I, I gotta give it to nick sporsden he uh, rom com. The one scene I watched of the movie, he was like, like rom com. the whole movie? I couldn't. It was too late. I had to go to bed. The pot. <laughs> you had a life taken live. over. Yeah, that was a good a, call. He didn't, uh, but he didn't he's he's like playing the shit out of the wacky friend. Like, like, Lauren Lapis is so fucking funny. I, I, she's great. I. Yeah, that was a hard movie to watch. Yeah, it was a hard movie to watch. Someone so funny. It felt like an improv scene that they were filming went and producing, but that was never fucking ending. Yeah, a three-minute scene that went on for a hundred. Yeah, that's why the first thing, like, as soon as the movie ended, I was like, "Who fucking wrote this?" Nobody, because it didn't feel like anyone wrote it. But apparently, well, two the herald the movie. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, not not good, 
not good. Uh, so Kyle, I, now that I've learned something about you, through we had to go to one podcast to be open with each other, but that's that's how <laughs> no. men are. But I can no, it's not. That's how eighties movies wanted. Oh, we're eighties movies. Think men were, but we are not that way. We're more complicated. And no, 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 less. not all of us. Steve is that way. I'm very, I'm very uncomplicated. I can really see you as a journalist because you have like this, this uh, almost annoying amount of uh, drive towards the truth and things. Like you want, you're a social justice warrior. But even in like your work, even if it's like a movie, like you, you, you know. You want everything you you look for honesty in the lines that you say as a character. And I think that that would like translate to being a journalist. You're not like an egghead. Oh, I love. I mean, you are sort of an egghead. You're always fascinated with you're talking about. You're always talking about stuff. that I'm like, how does he know that? I don't yeah, even yeah, know yeah. that. Yeah. But that's just my, my favorite thing to do is to surprise people that I know stuff. <laughs> that's my that's my snobbiness coming through. Thanks, John. Uh, now no, I no, understand no, I why you're I, I'm yeah. surprised I know certain things. But like, I wouldn't be a good journalist because I love to manipulate the truth. I just like that. You'd be a great, great journalist. journalist. <laughs> oh, I would be an insanely successful <laughs> yeah. OAN or Fox journalist. commentator. Yeah. Take, come on right after Tucker Carlson. Just come on in a bad fucking mood. <laughs> like, I wonder what the. Yeah, I mean that's interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know how I would have been. I mean, thank you for any the nice things that were in there, Steve. I, I there, was, um, there was something in there that was nice. Mm, I no, no, very nice. Got to dig through it. I yeah. think I appreciate that. I mean, whether or not I would have been good, I don't. I don't know. One reason I picked what I did is because I think I was not cut out for. Uh, I, I I needed. I don't know. I, I don't know if I would have had the discipline to be good at that. Maybe. Hmm. Uh, it is a more it is a more disciplined craft than what I chose in some ways, um, and and also when I and there's different kinds of journalists. I don't know if I would have been as bold as some of the journalists um, need. Uh, certain journalists need to be. Um, um, I don't know if I would have been able to be an anchor person either. I don't know if I had that in me because I'm actually quite nervous in those kinds of situations. Um, really? Hmm. Yeah, shocking. I mean, camera acting when you're when you're acting like scripted, you, you're you're you know. You're not playing to the camera, and you don't have to be charismatic in a put-on way. Um, I, I can't do that. I can't like get up for. I get very nervous when I'm like asked to be on or like talk shows or game shows or anything like that. I don't respond. I'm always impressed with with like the Jimmy Kimmels of the world or going back to Carson and all the like. Every night having to like get up for that yeah. and be on and charismatic and and natural. I mean, the best of them that are so natural with it. And um, naturally positive. And don't feel too. like they're pressing. Yeah. And positive, yeah. yeah. It's interesting that you say that because while you're talking, I was thinking about De Niro in uh, The King of Comedy. And De Niro is not a funny dude. And he's definitely not good. Like, have you ever seen that PSA he's doing where the director gives him like, could you do it again, but with more energy? He's right. like, no, he's no, pretty no, hilarious in Meet the Parents. Like, it's one of the funniest. I, but, but, but like, I'm talking about like looking down the barrel of a lens and saying a joke right, and right. owning it rather right. than like, I'm going to be a CIA guy and go, can you milk me, Greg? I got nipples. And, you know, like, he's, he, I, I they, find they him amusing. Him in but, a way that, that was very funny. They, they but I, his, I've seen him like on talk shows, not funny, famously. Not good, not not uh, chit chatty, and has stories, whatever. But at the end of uh, King of Comedy, he does like an uncut ten minute bit of of stand up as the character, and it's like spot on perfect. Like it's funny, yeah, it, but not funny enough. 
and you mm-hmm. can't understand why he got rejected, and but he is actually and at, it's, at the same time captivating. <laughs> but like, those are actually some jokes in there, and this the way he prefer, like it's it's really like one of the best scenes in all film for me. Like it's just I I, I don't agree. know I never and, know how to feel of what you said about him too because yeah because of, of because he is famously shy and and all that stuff that he was able to. I mean, he wouldn't even say hi to you. Like he just sort of waved, like from afar. That's yeah. kind of lame, you know. Yeah, no. <laughs> Bobby. <laughs> but I think that would be really hard for, uh, like a classically trained actor to to kind of go do comic. Like I've not, I've not, I've seen classically trained comics go become good actors. Mm-hmm. I think Jim Jim Carrey is a fantastic actor. Um, Bill but Hader. I, Bill Hader, yeah. Like mm-hmm. I think it's the whole thing of like you can't. It's hard to teach timing. Yeah, but isn't that isn't acting timing? I mean, isn't that timing? Mm, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, it must no, not I mean, be because I've seen dramatic actors yeah, who just cannot be Cassavetes. Funny. Like that's there's no timing in there, but it's all acting. You know who Cassavetes? Who's who the fuck is that? Yeah, exactly. So can I like? <laughs> are you referring to the poster my... that my my wife had? Oh yeah, put yeah, in exactly, her office. Yeah. Uh, yeah, John Cassavetti's not a, not a funny guy. So Kyle, like, we're at a point like right now where it's like there's cancel culture, there's like wokeness and all this stuff. You've been acting in for you know how many years? Fifteen, twenty years. Like, do you see like a change in like? I mean, there, there might. I don't know if you this has happened to you, but there might have been a case where like things have happened on a set where you would wouldn't call it out but like do you think that that we're changing right now where where we're at a tipping point in certain hopefully in the police uh but what about in hollywood do you see anything like that i i i yeah i mean i've i've noticed a difference it's not fast enough and 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 i think we're at a new i think we're at a tipping point three or four years ago and things started to change and i do I, i do remember seeing that change in, 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 in casting and, and everything else. And I remember doing a table read and looking out amongst the executives, all the, the creatives and the, and the, and the non-creatives in the, this table room, uh, this uh, executive office with like 50 people listening to a table read and seeing a big difference in, in representation that, that I had not seen, um, you know, four years before that. The question is how we keep it going. I think, the conversation is 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 consistent now the 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 movements are 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 stronger now and seem to be continuing but we i think i wake up every morning like either some days i'm really hopeful that we're going to keep this moment going on all levels whether in terms of uh, reimagining the police and and reforms and also in each industry like are we going to be able to actually see representation but it just can't happen in just casting and Right. It has to happen in the executive office. I have a crew level. And then before that, the pool of talent. I mean, the, the white boys club that has marginalized so many people for so long. We need to take care of that. And that goes from everything to the wealth gap to everything else that that keeps people from the minute they're born um, at a disadvantage. So we, we can't just magically make executive offices and boardrooms representative and more diverse we can do it like superficially right now and, and, and pull who, you know, qualified people, but if they're not, we're not putting more diversity in our universities and, and everywhere else, we can't keep it going. 
So do you just say like when you go into an audition, like I hope I don't get cast as Chad, you know, like <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, my it, own, like I will, like my own. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still in the point as an actor, and every, you know, every year, you know, like I, I want to work, and I want, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I've never been in a position where I can be all that picky or anything like that. Definitely with casting and with everything, you see much more representation and much more of an effort. And my agency, the Gersh agency, just just made a big commitment to diversity, both within their offices and with and who they represent. And and hopefully that'll 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 keep going. Um, and, and I just we can't go back to the status quo. And your uh, your wife is an is a, an executive. Does she have to deal with that, too, then? Like, uh, well, yeah, I mean, I, I, yes. I mean, I, I think right now that almost every conversation they're having is 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 about that, and um, and, and at, at all levels of the company and in in what in the programming. Um, I, I know that like it's definitely happening in in in, in terms of directors. Uh, it needs to happen more in terms of representation of directors. But I, I work with you know I, I'm sure over the last few years I've worked with at least fifty fifty in terms of, of men and women directors, probably even more, you know, at least 50, 50. So I, I feel like that's moving, but it, it, but it needs to be even better um, and more consistent. And we need to continually see more diversity um, in, in that realm and in writers rooms um, and with casting, but it has to happen with agents, it has to happen with publicists, every, every level. Hmm. Um, I've seen a difference. It just needs to keep going. So I have a theory about casting. Like there's there are like they you, weren't choosing me enough. They weren't choosing me enough. And that's not a theory. That is fact. <laughs> that is science. Have now, you seen my episode of Friends? <laughs> but like there are there's a, a core of people who just work in the same not the same people but just like there's a same sort of circle of 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 people like you know you've done comedy bang bang you've worked uh with adam scott several times uh or several times or more than twice right uh, three yeah i think three, three times, times twice yeah. or two or three times yeah. and there's like a bunch of like comedic actors that all sort of like it's like a six degrees sort of thing do you, is that true i mean do, do you Am I crazy? Like, well, there's a term. There's one term that's sometimes used, which is the cool kids of comedy, which is that when when a certain movie will be or a certain show will be, oh, this is the cool kids, um, and it's sort of the edgier comics or the, um, and sometimes you know, frankly, if you're you've been doing you know maybe more of sort of mainstream stuff, and you'll have a conversation with your agent, like, you know. I want to get in something, you know, the Seth Rogen world or, 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 right, right. or, or something like that. Or, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and, and, and it's a, 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 the shorthand sometimes will be like the cool kids of, of comedy uh, kind of thing. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think there's circles. I mean, there's different, there's different friends that, that pop up that start making things together. And then they, I mean, listen, the, the, the wrong Missy, that's, I believe, still that Adam Sandler deal that he signed with Netflix right, years right. ago, where he has to pump out twelve movies. <laughs> and he so, you to. know, you always know he's going to, you know, for better or worse, going to put his friends in. And then, in the best case, it's lovely. Sometimes it's really fun to, you know, to know that someone's putting, you know, like Sandler's going to put Chris Rock in it, and you know that all those friends are working together. Um, each age group is different. Like, you know, you, the, the Rogans came up after the Sandlers, and now you have like the um, Lonely Planet, and I just watched. Uh, 
not Lonely Planet, Lonely Island. Lonely Planet is the travel books, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Lonely Island. <laughs> I They're also the really funny. Too. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, they can be funny. Yeah. Um, I just watched Pop Star, which I know is a couple years old, but I, I'd never watched it. That but you funny. can say, you know, you can, yeah, it's really funny. And they use all their friends. So I think, especially in comedy, like there's a trust thing. And because comedy sometimes can be so collaborative, you end up seeing a lot of that. And, so um, why you know, did Craig you Robinson a, will pop up in a movie. You know. Why did you get a thank you in, in Ingrid Goes West? Oh, I I did a few scenes that got cut. Yeah, oh, I think oh. we they yeah. <laughs> I see. Yeah, you were the 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 ex friend of comedy. I was the ex friend. I was the friend. I was her brother in law um, at the beginning and middle and end, and they 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 cut all those out. I'm assuming for time and all not right. for performance. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> I don't know. It was a 72 minute movie, you know. I know. <laughs> they really. <laughs> uh, hey, Steve, do you want to do this thing? Yeah, let's let's uh you guys want to listen to a podcast that Marty and I made? <laughs> this is meta podcast. Podcast in a podcast. This is like a podcast. Yeah, this is like a Russian nesting doll. Like you're listening to a podcast. <laughs> All right, so uh, I'll set it up while Marty uh organizes his reel to reel player. Um, <laughs> friend, a friend of mine who's a screenwriter who writes a lot of uh, like uh, adapts video games into movies. I think he did Need for Speed. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I'm not familiar with his work. That's 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 my brand. I just like this guy. And uh, we came up with a science fiction pitch, and then coronavirus happened. And instead of sitting around and going. Uh, what are we going to do? And can we get a meeting? Blah, 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 blah. Uh, he started writing one of the characters backstory as a sort of narrative. And I said, Oh, cool. Well, well, I'll adjust it and we'll make it into a podcast with sound and music. And, uh, so this is the result of that. It was all done remotely. We never got together. I'm, I've never met the dude. Yeah. You've never even met him. And, and I it's a, and I thought I was being called to read the stage directions, so I was like, "Oh, really? Well, that's usually what you do." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interior and, and not flop well. house night. Not well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Marty uh, performs the main character Ace, who lives in an underground bunker set in the uh, the future, and uh, it was super fun and a great like learning lesson to anyone who wants to make stuff to just make stuff. Yeah, and. We'll get into the production of it, of it later. Hold on. Yes. Here we go. So this is the first episode of Subterra. Subterra. Episode one. From his hiding place in a rocky alcove, high above the square, Ace watched the busy market. Hundreds of people, citizens and vendors, were down there. Buying goods, trading goods, laughing, arguing, and going about their business, completely unaware that Ace was watching them. Ace was used to hiding in the shadows. He was a bunker orphan, an outcast. He never felt welcome in the chute, and the other facilities of Subterra were also off limits to him and the other outcasts. But he needed to come here sometimes. There were things he needed that he couldn't find scavenging in the barrens or the lower levels. So here he was on market day. Ace wore a ragged, dirty jumpsuit. The backpack was slung over his shoulder. 
His eyes were hidden by his optics goggles, the most expensive item he owned. Without his goggles, Ace had a hard time seeing anything. He guessed most people would have called him blind. Though he could see things without his goggles, things were fuzzy and dim. The goggles were necessary, and without them, he might as well be dead. He adjusted his goggles and locked in on the spare parts vendor. He was an older man, about 50, dressed in simple robes, and he was haggling with the younger man over the price of a broken ventilator mask. The stall had shelves that were packed with various parts, and most of them looked like junk. Most of them were junk. But there was one item that Ace keyed on, a power pack resting on the top shelf. That was what he was there for. Ace saw that the market was brightly lit. He looked up, but there was no sky overhead. There was a crosshatch of steel beams that ran the length of a large rocky ceiling. There were three xenon lights that ran the length of the large chamber. They produced a soft but very radiant light that illuminated the entire square. In theory, they were almost as powerful as the sun, producing almost 80,000 lux. But that was just theory and hearsay. Nobody had seen the sun for over a hundred years. Ace turned his attention back to the market stalls. He had no money, nothing to barter with, at least nothing he wanted to part with. So he was going to steal it. The vendor was still arguing, waving his arms around wildly as he harangued the man who looked at the mask with a disapproving snarl on his lips. Ace switched to setting on his optics again and scanned the market, sweeping the area for signs of security. They were there, of course. Two sentries with a Mass 7 bot were standing next to a stall with a vendor selling some dehydrated fruit. He looked up and saw cameras embedded high up in the rock ceiling. There was no way for him to know if they were operational or not. But that didn't really matter. Nobody knew his face here. He wasn't chipped. There was no way for them to track him. He was going to have to deal with the Mass 7, though. It could track his heat signature, even in the dark. And if it got a hold of him, it was all over, and he would be finished. But he didn't really have any choice. He was finally getting out of this place. He was going to see the sun for the first time in his life. He had made his plans and theorized and put all of his supplies together. He was going to leave this place and never come back. Now it was time to do something about it, to take action. And it all started with that power pack. He slid over the edge of the rock shelf and lowered himself down until he was just holding onto the edge with his fingertips. Then he dropped a few feet to the next outcropping. He traversed the rock face carefully, pausing to make sure nobody was looking in his direction, then made his way down to the market. He dropped the last few feet and landed on the mesh grate floor with a soft thud. He was behind one of the market tents, out of view from the vendors and other market patrons. He dusted himself off, pulled his cloak tightly around him, and flipped up his hood to hide his face. Then, he stepped out into the market. One way or another, this would all be over in a few minutes. Subterra was created by Warren Davis and Steve Kruger. You're so good, Marty. God, so, so cool, guys. Like, so, 
Very good. So that's a western. Yes, set cool. in uh, under. It's an underground western set in space. <laughs> that okay, made me really cool. happy. It's like high noon, but not. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Great, 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 guys. And you uh, had very excited that? for episode two. Yes, there uh, three apps are up on iTunes or Spotify, Spotify or wherever you download stuff. Never heard of them. Yeah. Uh, so. Tara. Me and this guy, Warren, would write them and then I'd send them to Marty since he has a rig where he's speaking into as we speak. I can hear you eating that Cheez-It louder. And uh, he just recorded them and then I edited them. And uh, let me tell you, listening to Marty for five, six straight hours was uh, was oh. one of the toughest things I ever dealt with. <laughs> but, you know, like... I, and it's a, I'll blow smoke up your ass for a while, Marty. Nope. Like I would, he would do like three or four takes of each paragraph of it, and I would listen to one. I go, that's good, and I listen to another. And I'm like, oh, I wish he would just do, and like I would be giving him a note, and then the next one he would do it. I it was like mm. your your instincts were shockingly on point. It was fun to do. I know you don't like. I know you don't like compliments. I know no. you get. Uh, rosy cheeked that's the when people say nice things about yeah, you. yeah yeah but it was up. like and even my wife who was annoyed by you like i am just listen to it she's like it's, <laughs> it's hard because it's marty but oh my god he's so good yeah all right like i said last week you're a very good actor you're just very uh not good at being an actor fair enough <laughs> good job so there's guys. uh there's nine uh, episodes and you can find out what happens to ace yep good job yeah, you guys. So uh, one of the things that really impressed me was all the 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 sound production you did on that, because uh, we're not a high production value uh, podcast. So how did you do that? Like, how did <laughs> other sounds come in besides voices talking? Uh, I got to thank my main man on YouTube, Rick Beato, who is like a uh, musician, like recording engineer musician. And he taught me a lot about mixing. During uh, quarantine, I've been watching a lot of music production videos, and uh, I gotta give a shout out to uh, where where I've lost my mouse here. Sorry, some like uh, royalty free website with zillions of sound effects that I in Europe I gave a little bit of money because they host the site, and I just I build it myself. And you're like I just in GarageBand, I just build. Yeah, guy falls like, down like. Uh, slope in underground futuristic cavern uh, when uh, when you start to hear the robot the mass seven as described it's a uh a dentist chair going up and down oh that's the oh, robot cool. okay and uh, there's like a there's violence in it and when an animal gets killed i use the sound of a celery breaking to make it sound like it broke its neck like you know i'm just messing around there's a great uh there's a great documentary about sound design uh, that was released last year uh, called Making Waves. Oh um, my God, my my wife's ex partner produced that. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, it's great. Fun? Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. I saw it uh, when she was in town. Yeah, it's great. It's so great, and it talks a lot about the Lucas, the late seventies, early eighties, and and um, Ben is it Ben Burt, the the guy that created yeah. a lot of the Star Wars and Indiana Jones, the whip crack, and um, really really fun. Even if you're not like into that stuff, it's just a neat 
it's, it's a really well done documentary. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. when you watch old movies, I like I watched uh, Commando a couple weeks ago, and the machine gun sounds were like from a stock library. It just didn't. It, it, you've heard that yeah. gunshot a million times, and then you watch like a John Wick where they like must go out <laughs> and record yeah. gunshots and then add it and tweak it, and like there's a whole like nerdy science behind it all. And, I mean, and like but, Marty, you're oh go ahead. I added uh, compression to your voice How and added this ambience. No, no, I just wanted to make it sound <laughs> okay. Okay. And I do this when Marty plays the character of Ace. When he says stuff, I like throw it in one right ear with a bunch of reverb because he's in a cave. Like I, I mess around, so it, it like it it cre it was like I, I create a world with what you did. But I, I honestly, like I can't believe, like week after week. Oh, and by the way, if if you guys want to know how it ends, Marty has the last script. He's got it recorded. So if oh. you want to, if you want to pressure him to. Uh, Get on the mic. So you're saying it's going to come out around the time we get the T-shirts? Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah. Oh no. no, no. Whoa. Low blow. Low blow. Oh. <laughs> I got a lot hard. of stuff on my plate. That's all I'm saying. I know he's a very busy man. Uh, he's just. Tr I'm trying to back off of that. Only has time to eat cheeses. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I produced a, a short film back in the day with someone who is very well connected, and we got to do our sound effects and this is in the it was shot on 35 millimeter film and we were in this post house pulling sound effects and it was literally like stacks and stacks of uh whatever quarter inch tape you know and we're just pulling it and like cycling through it finding the specific sound effect that is a car door slamming that is uh you know uh whatever like a, a footsteps all all this stuff and it was it, it was so exciting because you're like oh this is like these are the sound effects that were used in movies for the past you know two decades but then when you listen to it you're like oh these are the sound effects that were used in other yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like and now like because you can be so uh, dynamic and active and and record things really easily and digitally like a, we wouldn't need to sit until two in the morning pulling sound tapes out of these stacks, and then B, they just sound better. So it's like it was, yeah. It, it's kind of a, a a golden age for sound design, I guess, or any sort of digital production. Yeah, yeah. and a, and a bad a bad time to be looking for work. Yeah, yeah. As a Ooh. sound recorder or a sound or editor, as anything as anything. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh. Well, wow. you know, every, everything's easier and <laughs> uh, and better. And yeah. it doesn't take as many man hours and or woman hours. So you're saying you hours. just have to be better. Yeah, you have to be better. You have to be an artificial intelligence. Yeah. No. Melania Trump. No? Yeah, this this site I use, I mean, I just type in like thump and I get like a hundred thumps. And I just go like, <laughs> like, don't like, don't like, 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 oh, I like that one. And then I put it in and like you move on. Like it's it's so it's so amazing. Because I, mean, I, I remember film school and like, all right, we got to get somebody like we got to get footsteps and like try and sync them up to somebody walking. And now it's it steals it's like, a lot of jobs from sound editors, but it, it is democratizing from a creator's point of view. Like, sure. You know, Kyle, sure. When you made. Did you edit your film, Kyle? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I worked with an editor. Yeah, I worked with. Yeah. But like, you know, how much easier was that if you then if you had to do to cut film and like, you know, cut every every little bit 
by celluloid, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, if you're working on like a moviola, or, I mean, we're, I guess, I think the last movie really major, I think uh, Dead Man Walking and I think maybe Saving Private Ryan, I think are talked about as the last couple of the last movies that were, sh that were edited the old school way, late 90s. And I think there's probably been a few things since then. So we're now 20 years, um, more than 20 years past the last time any, uh, you know, we're in, into full digital. But I remember moving to LA in the early 90s or mid 90s and Avid and digital were already starting to be used pretty consistently. So it's all, it's all so many filmmakers have ever known. I don't even know if they teach that in film school. They teach the old, you know, cutting yeah, on film people anymore. People don't touch film anymore. But I, I, I think with this perspective now, 20 years later, now I can watch an old movie and see the difference in terms of um, the, the craft is, the, the artist behind the craft is what matters. And, and so there's no difference, I think, in the impact of an edit, whether it's it 35 years or, or yesterday. In terms of it was used digital or analog but you can see a difference you can see more cutting basically you can you just you just it, it was just harder to make lots and lots of cuts so when you watch an old movie whether it's goodfellas or taxi driver or something from the 70s and 80s um that started to employ a really quick cut you're even more impressed now that they were doing that analog that they were doing that on film because you know they were pulling strips and and dumb schoolmaker was you know that wasn't just someone like dragging over a file and just seeing how it would work that was a a, day, a day's work just to see if a few cuts would, would work. Uh, yeah. So 1917. Watched, uh, yeah. We watched uh, uh, Cabaret last night, and there's a Oof. lot of really, really, really fast, uh, symbolic, weird cuts in there, mm. along with an extremely weird story that meanders <laughs> along and doesn't go anywhere. And well, when you have enough... Just waiting for the Nazis to take over yeah, so things will get exciting, and they never do, really. <laughs> when you have enough amphetamines in your system, you will make the cuts that you want to make. You know, that, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the trade-off. John, uh, just for, uh, for your knowledge, I will be releasing the podcast on Wax Cylinder, so you can listen to it. Ah, oh, fantastic. Oh, Finally. <laughs> but you guys, so kind like, of you. Now, don't you... Young man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you, do you think that the there are some filmmakers who still shoot on film? Uh, uh, very few. I mean, do you think that's like an affectation, or do you think that there's any real advantage to it? Because it's like it's like writing a novel on a typewriter. Like, I don't see any advantage at all. Um, I mean, yeah, good. Well, this isn't like super professional filmmaking, but a couple years ago when oh, yeah, you shot on film. Oh, yeah, I did. I shot two films and one of them we did digitally and the other one we did um, on 16 film film. Yeah. And um, it's expensive. It was really expensive. And um, then and pretty much every bit of the process afterwards had to be the same because we had to then like send the film off to like someplace on the East Coast to make it digital. But it was honestly more for the cinematographer's sake. Like he wanted to do it so badly. He was just like, felt really passionate about like doing this specific film on, on film. So, um, but it, it was expensive and it was kind of like, okay, cool. Uh, we did that. Was yeah, it worth it? Um, I don't think so. Okay. I don't, but I was, I was kind of like not really into the idea the entire time, but it was like, whatever. <laughs> I mean, you guys have matter. all you guys have all directed stuff. So, like, this is a question for all of you. I guys. didn't direct that, so that's okay. No, but you guys have all directed stuff. Yeah. 
So I mean, oh. I, I think if you're at the scale, I mean, when I when I watch, I mean, I... oh, wait, you're quiet. Wait, we you can't hear you. Kyle, we can't hear you. Something happened. Oh, Kyle. Oh, weird. now he's muted. Now you oh. you you oh, there you yourself. are. You're back. Oh wait, no, no you're you're no, gone. Now he's gone. Now he's still muted. Oh. No. Did your oh, did my your, God? He this is healing. like pub pub trivia when I play with him. That's right. Yeah. It's the same. Nope. Oh, his earbuds ran uh, out of juice. All right, well, that was Kyle Bornheimer. Thanks for coming by. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so <laughs> good. And I'll say it while he way, figures out his mic situation. He was, a, he was about to solve filmmaking. It seems kind of like what we were talking about with pubes, where it's like yes. if you yes. really want, like if it means a lot to you to have it look a certain way, you know, then, oh, now I can hear myself. Um, you hear me? Then the, yeah, yeah, we can yeah. hear you now. Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, we can hear you. It's like pubes. It's like pubes. All right, Kyle. Go, just, yeah. Kyle Filmmaking is a lot like, pubes. like If you want to do it on film so fucking bad and it's going to make you feel better, then yeah, do it. Same with manscaping. Kyle, go on. Start. Make sure you feel bigger and do it. It's start. also incredibly itchy to use film. Yes. But that's, you know, run some hot water on it. <laughs> Open the pores a little bit and the hair follicles and it might not be so bad. Oh, Kyle, yeah. what were you saying? I have no idea. Where did I lose everyone? Oh, at the I, beginning, as soon as you started talking. Uh, we like two hours we ago. actually heard two you. Two hours ago, hour. yeah, yeah. I often lose people right as I start talking. Um, I Well, no, I mean, I think the examples recently have been like P.T. Anderson and, and Tarantino doing 70 millimeter or Christopher Nolan. And if you, if I, the, I was talking with a friend about this the other day. The difficult part now is it's got to be turned into so many different digital formats that you lose the intent of, at pretty early on in the process, the the difficulty of maintaining what you were trying to get at when you shot it on film, while while it's going to be seen on computers and TVs, and Sony's got a different format than Panasonic, and all the bullshit that we have to deal with when we try to get a really beautiful movie onto TV yeah. is so hard. So that when I get to see a seventy millimeter film shot on seventy millimeter and projected on seventy millimeter, that's wonderful and it's a fun experience. But it's so rare that that's actually going to be the case. Yeah, that's like something that you only get to experience if Tarantino makes it. And if you live in LA, and if you can go to his theater to watch it, yeah, right. yeah. Which is otherwise, kind of like it's like air, it just it's it's the arrogance of the filmmaker, you know. Like you, at at a certain point, you do have to take your audience into consideration, and like you know, if only a few thousand or your get producers, to see it. right? Yeah, <laughs> in a consideration, <laughs> like yeah, because I mean, they all know, yeah, most of this is going to be seen digital. I do think there's a difference, like you know, I mean, I thought. Uh, um, which one was it? What the, the the Christopher Nolan movie that he shot a lot on on seventy millimeter, the, the World War Two movie, um, Dunkirk. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think. Listen, it's like anything. It's like you know, from playing music, Steve, or you know, it's the guitar and and how you tune it. Everything is different. You you want your movie to look a certain way, and film is still an option out there to do that. I mean, Spielberg talks a lot about how film grain is the the. the what he loves about it is that it's alive and you can watch a film and you can see the film grain moving and it's different every time. And he likes the, the, the aliveness of it. It's just a different quality um, than digital has for him, which is his preference. He was, he was on acid when he said that. <laughs> <laughs> He's been on acid the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's, 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 it's a complicated time right now, I think for it, because I guess there's just no, I gotta, I gotta say that if you, if you, uh, you talk about it's a uh, an arrogance of the filmmaker. Now I think Christopher Nolan and Quentin Tarantino 
have earned the right to be arrogant. Fair enough. Fair enough. But For sure. everybody else, basically, if you're not Quentin Tarantino, and I've heard this from a bunch of people who who would also just say, I've got this this dialogue. It's like pop culture where they just they just talk at each other and it doesn't advance the plot. It's just like Pulp Fiction. It's like, yeah, great. Get that the fuck out of there. You're not Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> it's exhausting even now to watch that scene uh, after the first time you see it. But, you know, and it's the same kind of thing. I've met some people who have no business saying, I'm going to shoot it on film. It's just like, oh, okay, you're an idiot. Get out of here. And it's like, well, Quentin Tarantino does it. Yeah. Well, you're not Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. You I know? mean, make five films on your iPhone before making. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Who are we to tell people what to do? Oh, of course. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. Like, I hear you, but also, like, do whatever the fuck you want to do. No, no, of course. You want to chill? No, you want to invest in chill on people... film and make sure that all your actors know their fucking lines because yeah. you cannot afford for them not to. And, and then you're Tommy everything Wiseau. Needs to be right. Yeah. I'm not telling everybody to do you're not that. You're Tommy Wiseau. I'm just talking about the idiots that I've met who who wanted who every single one who wanted to shoot on film was a fucking idiot. Right. I mean, if that's what's preventing you from making a movie, is like I need to get four times my budget to shoot on film, yeah. and I, I yeah, won't do it. That's, you know, that's a, a different thing. thing. But yeah. Don't. Stop yeah, it's it's interesting that you're talking John. about uh, editing and shooting on film in the same breath because I think, like a lot of listeners or filmmakers or aspiring filmmakers, like shoot. Do not shoot film. Just make a lot of mistakes. Shoot it incorrectly. It doesn't cost anything or whatever camera. Yeah. yeah. But like, like wait until you're a master filmmaker and before you, you know, you use or no, just thirty five. Wait until somebody's gonna spend the money for you. Oh, wait, wait, I, whatever. <laughs> you know, like you want to I mean, learn to make films. The make same a thing. lot yeah, of films. A yeah. hundred years ago, it was eight millimeter. It was cheap. Now it's your phone or whatever. But. And the thing I've noticed about editors is because everyone now who's coming up like started nonlinear, started on Final Cut or Premiere or Avid, and they're not very good. And I'm like right at the end, like when I was in film school, I did cut on a Steenbeck and it taught me to edit my mind rather than just like, eh, fuck it, Command Z. Uh, we'll, edit your edit. mind? Edit in your mind. In your mind. Yeah, you have to pre-edit. Like, I'm, like <laughs> the first time I... Edit a, Be quiet. I, I'm. You know what? Mute her mic. Whoa, dude. Okay. Wait, you know it's not about the program, but the program is you. Okay. 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 You know what? I, okay. <laughs> I, I already regret saying those oh. things about you. Wow. That, that's the last time I say anything nice about you. Whatever gets you through the so, twelve okay. hours okay. in the dark room okay. that editors have to go through to. Yeah, okay. So, nah, all right. Okay. Uh, Steven. Okay. Steven Soderbergh, he <laughs> cut uh, sex life and videotape on uh, like an AB, like like half inch or three quarter inch like editing bay. And basically what that means is every time you make an, an edit, the entire thing has to record everything back onto tape. And then it got converted back to film. But like when you have to sit there and wait for, you know, and you're on our, you know, whatever, minute 97... And like you make one tiny edit and it has to go find every piece of tape to record the 97 minutes. You're going to be really thoughtful about how you make your edits. And that's yeah, it's almost that's like I wish there was like a, a camp that people could go to and spend six weeks to just cut on a flatbed and not have the undo option and go, fuck, that was that yeah. sucked. But at the same Why did time, I do that? when you go from one to the other, you're like, 
Why didn't I have this earlier? I can just no. I, like I, I don't. I would never cut a movie on a flatbed like that or TV. Show. Like that's absurd. But like to learn how to cut, it really helps to have your hands tied. So Kyle, as somebody who is in your short film, I'm speaking, asking this question very selfishly. When are you going to direct again? <laughs> Who's for, who was your favorite performance? How did I do? <laughs> I, 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 I want to. Where am I on the call sheet? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm trying to direct all the time. I'm, I'm trying to direct TV episodes and do more shorts like that. And and um, I was about to do a music video right before all this. That I was just driving today. I was like, oh, maybe we'll do. I'll do a Zoom version of that music video. Um, cool. So yeah, and and I mean the the the, the one we did was is still uh, uh, I, I think about quite a bit because I was really proud of that. Oh, and you were very, you were very excellent in it. Wow. Um, and uh, no, I mean that's. It, uh, I hope we get back to business. I mean the the industry is so uncertain right now that we don't know when we're all going to be working again. Fair enough. Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, I know, Steve, it's your show. If you want to keep going, you can, but I'm going to, I want to get some th stuff before we wrap up. Uh, so your. Oh, no, I want to be done. Okay. I, we're, this is way too long. Okay. Uh, Kyle, <laughs> the, the short that you're talking about was Again. shot a few years ago. It's called The Talk. Can people see it anywhere? They can see it on, um, I can't see it right now, actually. It's on my website, oh. but it's like a, password can you know it's like a porn website so yeah i mean it's a porn yeah um the, the you know we got the festival music rights and everything and i'll i'll i'll, I'll sort of show gotcha. it to you industry people those the the some of the music rights ran out so i got to kind of renew those and then put it back on the website right now it's just for um i'll pass it around to people but uh, fair enough but if you want to see kyle right out. now he's in the first season of avenue five on habo uh with mm -hmm. uh with house dr house and uh, as well as the Lovebirds on Netflix, mm -hmm. um, with with uh, you know people of color, Issa Rae and Kamel Nanjani. Jesus, what? No, this is you a too. Story. God. Okay. All right. That's all I have, Steve. You can. You can wait, wait, right. wait, 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 because just it, I didn't get to say this last week, and because we forgot, and it was like not relevant. But I've been promoting a comedic film noir, and as I'm sure people who give a shit could realize, it didn't happen this last weekend, and that's because it felt inappropriate to do so with everything that's going on. But um, that I, I is still going to happen. I was wondering what happened to it. What? I was wondering what happened to it. Yep. So it's still happening. We're just picking another date that feels a little bit more appropriate. Um, so that so this Friday on June nineteenth. Yes. No, so that we're not just two fucking idiots doing a silly comedic film noir on Zoom while um, we, you know, there's a lot more important things going on right now. So, anyways, it's called Duped by a Dame. It will happen. We're just uh, waiting for the right time. So, that's all. Fair enough. Is there That's any mail? Is there any? Uh, did anybody email? I wrote you uh, said that at the very beginning. I wrote a fan you... fiction. Oh yeah. Oh wait, we're not doing okay. mail. No, no. Can we, we can... do the fan fiction next week? It's so late. It's so okay, hot. Yeah, yeah. We yeah, have. No, don't do it now. We have a great email from from Evan because he says nice 
things about me, but we'll do it next right, week. Read, no, read, read it. Read it. Read no, it. No, no, no. We'll do it next week. We'll do it next week. We're, we're done. But Evan's sitting by his computer. Okay, waiting okay. For you to- okay, Cassandra, <laughs> uh, thank you for making it out to the protests. How much of a wuss uh, move is it to donate money but not attend any events? Not a wuss move at all. Not a wuss move at all. What I haven't attended or out? donated, so what am I? You're an asshole. A We've white man. White that. man. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. Uh, John really enjoyed the second D and D. It felt much more streamlined than the first one. Uh, Steven, thank you. When you shave your balls, does it kind of look like the skin of a plucked chicken? Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> little, little That's it. Yes. Flex of blood. Uh, and I I yeah. dip them ever so gently in an egg wash, and then into some flour, and then into some panko. Yeah. And it's so be- it's yeah. so beautiful. Yep. I just want to heat oil to 350 and dip them in there. Double but I know fry for extra crispy. Pain, Why don't pain, you? The pain. No, no. You should do that and videotape it and send me the videotape. <laughs> that was from Evan Cardi of Sacramento, California. Ew, Thank John. you, Evan. Yes. Uh, I, I wouldn't watch it. I just want him to do it. Kyle, okay. thank you so much for joining us on this ridiculous, ridiculous two hours um, on a Tuesday night. I'm sure your children. Every time, anytime. I love it. Thanks for having me. I'm sure your children are, are crying, missing you. Uh, are we ever going to get um, the movie judgment trial thing? Court, movie court. Movie court is actually about to get back up and running. We're we're um, we're doing one up next week probably. Yeah. Okay. And, running, and yeah. so, what is the what is the email address for that? For first of all, it's movie court. It's you and Kruger and your brother. You guys litigate. Um, older movies whether they're good or bad correct not just older movies okay any movies whether they're good or bad but mostly older movies yes objection your honor continue continue Uh, (laughs) uh, oh i'm getting i'm I'm ready to go i'm so so what is the first movie if you if you can tease it i don't know if if it's i'm I'm looking up the to see if we have an email on this thing which i don't know it's okay i was just Uh, saying if you want to suggest emails you can go to at uh uh, suggest movies go to at steven kruger with a ph or at cal bornheimer yes go to steve now and then we'll get the movie court one out maybe steve can plug movie court the next um but do you you want to tease the the first movie you know we, we actually talked about doing solo um, in terms of recent ones. So oh. what, what Movie Court does is we take either a movie that I feel has been unfairly maligned, that I feel has been put in the movie jail, and I put it up for appeal to my brother and uh, try to get it out of movie jail. Or Steve will take a movie he thinks is overly praised and will probably try to put it in movie jail and I have to, de- to defend it. And then my brother is the uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, officer of the court, the judge. Here's a great, That's fun. Here's a great question for men adult men uh have you ever changed your mind has have you ever changed your mind as a result of this um yeah i mean i've, I've come to realize certain things that i didn't know yeah it's a pretty robust discussion that um it's pretty fun to think about we've even thought about switching it up this time um where i have to prosecute and he has to defend um something so we might we might do that a little bit and uh, yeah, I, I've, I've re-examined stuff or I'll be forced to defend something I didn't really necessarily love and learn to love something about it. Um, we're kind of doing one with this year, maybe a couple movies like that this year that I, um, we were talking about The Shining because The Shining often comes up as like a mixed bag of a movie. Sure. And I, I thought I was in an era, I thought I was in a time in my life where I was not liking The Shining, but I just saw it and I kind of liked it again. Um, so certain movies like change over time in terms of if you like them or not. So. Awesome. 
Uh, well, check it out, everybody. Um, and if, for those of you who aren't privy to this uh, web feed, we just got a, a tour of Kyle's Labyrinthine house. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that was like a Blumhouse movie. Yes. Like and we're now, watching you move like you, you're going to kill someone. Yeah, my, my, my computer was about to die, so I had to go get the power cord. Oh, oh I thought you were pooping in a in a bathroom that looks like an office. So That was very Kubrickian. <laughs> I poop anywhere in the house. It was built that way. That's a new way of building houses. You can just poop in any room, and, it, and it's magically... Uh, all right. Well, thank you, Kyle, and uh, we thank will... you, Marty, for oh. letting me host. Oh yeah. Thank you, thank you, John, for your si your stoic silence, <laughs> and thank you, Cassandra, for allowing me to realize I was wrong, and you actually are funny and talented. You're welcome. <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> that's as good as it's going to get. All right. We'll see you yeah. next Tuesday, everybody. Bye. Play the song, Marty. Oh, uh, shit, I don't. I, I'm Marty, playing play the, the song. song. Okay, I'm playing the song. Play right, the I can't song. stay here until the song plays. You're hurting me. All right, I'm just. Um... I'm gonna turn into a pumpkin. Play the song. All right, I'll I'll oh, add it in post. You know what? We're 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 done here. I'm I'm just cutting this off. Uh, but wow. thank you guys. Yeah, I'll add the the song in post. Everybody, everybody who listened to this, they'll they'll hear us hear me floundering. All right, bye. Um, wow. oh, okay, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right. Uh, okay. Ten, 10 years, Marty. 10, ten years, 10 years. <laughs> well, no, there's the whole COVID thing. Okay, we're offline right, right now, everybody. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's. it's. Oh, uh, what? What happened? Too many computers. I don't know what I'm doing. Okay. Oh, Kyle. While left. we were doing the show, uh, I got an email from Netflix. They, they, they passed. Yeah, yeah. okay. No. Oh, we didn't talk. That's, that's always fun. That's yeah. always fun to like. Oh, what is Netflix? Oh, right. yeah. I'll send you the email. All right. That's it. Ky oh, oh Kyle's. Kyle's. Oh, it's yeah. Fine. Um, it's uh because life is hard. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it happens. Please thank Kyle for for joining us. That was really yeah super fun. Like he is like such a a joy to talk to. Um. Yeah, yeah he's alright. <laughs> That was fun. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and thanks for playing Subterra. I hope uh, people enjoy it. So cool. Yeah, yeah it was, it was a lot of fun. And I, I, I will record the rest on tomorrow and Thursday. So Okay. He's lying. I'm lying. Yeah. I'm just going to have... <laughs> I'm going to put Humphrey in front of the microphone, put the script up, and be like, go to town, Humphrey. Um, oh. All right. So uh, next week, I don't know. Anyone want to host i can host i'll do it again all right cassandra Excellent. it's all you so excited all right so we'll uh and then and then i'll yeah we'll do why the fan fiction next week that's good because i can just write more all right or, or i won't <laughs> it depends all right all right uh all right thanks guys bye, bye. bye. If that fuck, I'm the dip, that fuck. If that fuck, I'm the dip, that fuck. I'm the dip, that fuck. I'm the dip, that fuck. Hit that fuck! Hit that fuck!
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Imp Depot. Imp Depot. Imp Depot. Imp Depot. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio.